Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slowinski. Yes, and I'm Bartek. You're not going to say anything more? You're not going to say the last uh, name? You're Bartek Kar. Shack. Ah, the love shack, baby. Shack. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal. Bartek Shaquille O'Neal. Bartek Shaquille O'Neal. O'Neal. So, we're spin Polish, as you could tell, because we are both spitting, and we both happen to be Polish. Is that not right? Bartek (laughs) O'Neal. I haven't spat in a while, but I do spit. That's good. That was just a little taste for you there, guys. So... What we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces, for those not in the industry, uh, which, of course, we are a part of. You know, that legendary industry that, you know, we are part uh, of? We give you big tastes. We give you big, full-length audio commentary tastes. That's right. For movies that we deem to be an unappreciated masterpiece, because they haven't got the love they deserve. But also, there's a flip side of that. They haven't got the hate, either. Not saying that we do movies that people should hate, but... They're movies that aren't even loved or aren't even hated. They are, they're movies that don't divide people. They're movies that don't seemingly enrich people's lives enough to make them love them or hate them. And that's where we draw the line and say, no, this is art. Someone woke up one day and said, I've got a banger of an idea and said to themselves, I want to contact my producer friend and they're going to pitch that. And then that was pitched and that got followed through on and people spent their lives their hard-earned energy on trying to create a piece of art a piece of entertainment a film and we the general masses for numerous amounts of reasons which we try to explore in these commentaries did not or would not or even could not again you know Mm. accept the films at the time or even now and that's what we're here to do we're here to accept a film and to find the beauty within it that you people couldn't find the first time around. So to summarise, could've, would've, should've, but you didn't. But you didn't. You fucks! No, right, right. Let's okay. calm down. We're, we're going to remedy that this episode. We're going to... Okay. Oh, cool. You're not fucks yet, okay? I mean, you're going to be later, but maybe not now. So, Bartek... Oh, I'm calm now. Well, oh. some people actually have the last name F-U-C-H. And they're That's like... pronounced fucks. Yeah. <laughs> So, Bartek, what is the unappreciated masterpiece that we will be endeavouring to cover in this magnitude of an episode? Ryan, you said endeavour. I think, you know, you should just remember Yoda's quote from Star Wars Episode Five. Oh, please. Where he said, do or do not, there is no endeavour. Good. That was a good impersonation. I loved it. I thought it was really good. He had a sore throat during the... Mm. That's why it was a bit Mm. deep. Yeah, he got forced choked. He forced choked himself. He sexually asphyxiated himself. It's one of those. Like a certain actor. It's one of the lines from that movie that people like misremember. Like the mm. Luke, I am your father. It's actually no, I am your father. No, so I am your daddy. But let's mm. jump. <laughs> let's jump back a minute, Ryan. You asked me what the movie we're watching today. Yeah, is. what's the movie? Dude, the movie we are watching today is Vielki Stach. Oh, of course. I mean. Look, this is embarrassing. We've been doing this for nearly 70 episodes, way over a year. And you say the title every time in Polish, 
and I don't know how to speak Polish. Mm-hmm. By now, you think I would have picked up some of the vernacular, but I haven't because Polish, the Polish language is very hard to learn, isn't it? It's very hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as hard as other languages, you know? I mean, is it the hardest language? Oh, you know, you could argue that, but I don't think so. I think Armenian's pretty hard. Uh, to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the movie we're watching is. What is the movie we're watching, Bartek? Wielki. Of course. Big. Ah, oh, big. Stach. Yeah. Stan. Oh. Which is kind of weird because the Polish we're watching... version of Stan or Stanley Stanislav. Wow. So we're watching Big with Tom Hanks on Stan, the streaming network? I knew it. <laughs> What's that song that he sings in that movie? Cocoa Pop, Cocoa Pop, Rock. Oh, oh, in in Big. What's the song he sings in Big? I don't know. I've got a feeling. I'm, I I'm met watched... a girl at the frisky. You know that movie has Robert Lozier in it? I actually haven't seen the movie. The movie has Robert Lozier, who has one of my favorite Family Guy sketches in which he spells out his entire name. Where he's like, ah, ah for Robert Lozier. But Bartek. Ladies and gentlemen, look to the left. Look to the right. Big Stan. Big Stan from uh, what year was it? 2007. What a year. And we need a guest who's a Stan expert. A big one. Because we've done Schneider on the show before, but Schneider was a small part of Surf Ninjas. Little Iggy. But we have now a Schneider expert. A Schneidspert. Is who it has Schneider to... himself? It could be Rob Schneider himself. Bartek, who is the Schneidspert for this episode? Despite the fact that I asked if it was Rob Schneider, I actually know the real answer. And the real answer is... Adam Sandler. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's only a cameo, Ryan. Oh, hi, guys. It's me, Adam Sandler. (laughs) No, our guest today is Mr. Chris Madirian. Hello, gentlemen. Did you get it right? Yes, that's right. It's hard. <laughs> yes, his name's Chris, Chris Ryan. So Chris, I alluded to Armenia before. What's it? You're from... You're, you're Armenian in descent. Right? Well, yes, that's is right. Is that the yeah. right phrase to use? Or is there another... Is it like... No, it's not Armenian. It's army, right? Jesus. <laughs> no, no. Armenian or Armo. Or if you want to speak the language, you could be like, I'm high. You're high? That's actually what it means in Armenian. Please don't come to these under the influence of drugs. We're here to, we're here to shed light on good moods. So, so, so yes. Bardek, yes? could you hazard a guess at what the Armenian title for this movie would be? Because I think Chris knows, but I think I need to need to know if you know. Wasn't it something like Med Stan or something? Close. What was Th- it? That's right. I don't like. Yeah, I don't really know what Stan is. I'm just gonna go stun. So yeah, Meds means big. I'm just gonna go Med Stun. So you don't actually know. <laughs> you didn't look it up before. It sounds You're like fucking Meds. Like You're the Schneiderverse. <laughs> this is the part of the Schneiderverse. It sounds like, like Schneider expert. As far as I know, Rob Schneider isn't I'm in it anyway. <laughs> He's some. He's a. He's a mixed race. Nobody knows what he is. One. One movie will play a Hawaiian. The next movie he plays an Asian. The next movie plays he a plays surfer. a black. The next movie he plays a surfer. Next movie he plays Rob Schneider in Big Stan. And in Big Daddy, he played Adam Sandler's friend. Which one? He had like a moustache and an accent. Oh, the you can do it. Oh, guy, the, of course. The, no, the one that you the know, he, put, he, he, he didn't like losing at poker. Like he's got to learn to lose. I hate Big Daddy, <laughs> but luckily I love Big Stan. Now, guys, we're doing an audio I commentary. I didn't even make that connection. What? The big, 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 big adjective. And yeah, I'm sure there's another big movie with him in it. Is so, he in Big? Maybe he's in Home Alone Two. Big. It was Home his Alone. first movie. Okay. And then he did my favorite. Stallone, Judge Dredd. So, 
get your copy of the movie ready because you're going to watch this with us. Whether you have a copy that is, of course, legal, I imagine. Now, we're um, watching this magnificent film on um, Netflix, which is a great source for movies such as this. Now, we're not sponsored by them, of course. I mean... I'm really surprised that Big Stan isn't on Stan, uh, to be honest. Uh, so get your copy ready, because I'm going to do a countdown. I'm going to 3, 2, 1, play, and you are going to hit play when I say play, okay? So, you said play like three times. They know the context, Bartek. Stop being a motherfucker. So, what, what about when I listen to this and I freak out? Well, you can just wet your pants like everybody else. So, guys, oh, yeah. get ready, because we're going to start this in 3, three 2... Three. One play. So we are currently like three seconds in. We are still on this crystal sky. What a sky network. Netflix isn't showing us the time. Netflix is the best source for schneid content. (laughs) Now, Stan likes to think about things. uh, Now, this was a movie where I had not got any information about this movie other than it's a Rob Schneider movie and... um, Chris, you're the reason why I have a history with this movie. My history is Chris came to my house one time and he drove us to go get pizza for the entire ride. The entire ride to and from. Mm-hmm. This includes the 15, 20 minutes of waiting for the pizza. Yes. It was nothing but him talking about Big Stan, but he was talking about it in a way that nothing was said. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? Where he I was, was just like, saying random events in the film that just happened. And yeah, but you weren't saying it like, here's the like, thing. Oh, old lady hungry for black cock or something like that? Or no, what? he would be like, Stan, he goes to prison. That's <laughs> what like, the movie's oh, about. he gets really strong afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, beforehand. No, no, that's exactly, no, 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 you, no, you heard him right. Before you said before, he said at the time he gets strong in prison, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I walked in this movie knowing two things, or three things. He goes, Rob Schneider, goes to prison, gets a butthole tattoo. That's all I knew, really. Mm. And the idea of him getting strong, I guess. So I walked into this movie being like, okay, so Rob Schneider is gonna go to prison instantly, and he's gonna deal with the rape stuff, and he's gonna find someone within the prison to teach him how to be strong and survive and then that's what's going to happen he's going to strong survive and he'll use it for good or evil and whatever close yeah i i walked in also knowing little like i when you told me big stan i googled it and i saw rob schneider's face and there was like a <laughs> synopsis written on the side that was like a wimpy ex-con man and then in brackets rob schneider i'm like i'm just gonna stop right there because i'm already excited and then i i think i also read like prison comedy so Yay. yeah, based on that information, I I jumped to the conclusion that he would be a wimp entering prison. Mm. Um, but I was very surprised to find that he developed uh, his character and his body and his skills beforehand. Yeah, which, what a legend! Which yeah. really assisted in the film um, exploring its themes yeah, and messages. So, so and, and he does spend the first half an hour just getting used to it because it does start off like that, like a wimp. But now. So he doesn't actually go to jail. And see, t- see, this is the thing yeah. where I contest. So, first off, that secretary there, uh, is that her? Is that his wife? No, no, she's his wife. She's, huh? That's not his wife. Because yeah. that is Olivia <laughs> Munn, and this is her first movie, oh. and that's her first scene, and only scene, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we never see her again. No. Just want to point that out, because 
when I read the trivia, it's like, Olivia Munn's in the movie. I'm like, who is she? It's like, the secretary. I'm like, I don't even remember her. <laughs> but here's something that got me about this, okay? Chris would talk incessantly about this movie. Mm-hmm. Incessantly. Forever and ever. And we're, like, moving on to different subjects of conversation. And Chris would come back to it. And I've nicknamed Chris in my phone and in real life, shut up, because that's a constant phrase that even I use yeah, to just... Chris, who has just been nonstop in this episode. Can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> Talking about Armenians and how they're high. I mean, far out, Chris. Uh, Richard Kind's in this movie. Dick yeah, Kind. Paul Lasseter has <laughs> been sitting... <laughs> What's a justice? Okay, now I'd just like to make um, just t- take this point to say, yeah, he's supposed to be going for fraud, right? Yeah, he's going for th- fraud. They're saying yeah, but he hasn't. Apart from the first scene where he makes some generalized comments about some African Americans, he hasn't. We haven't actually really seen any fraud being committed, and doesn't actually set you know di- you know detail at all on the court scene what it's about. So he, for all we know, he could be completely innocent of all this fraud. <laughs> I think and- the fact <laughs> he wants to bribe people. <laughs> <laughs> But he hasn't bribed them yet, so technically hasn't done anything wrong. He's just a rich guy, a bit of a dickhead. Are, are these? <laughs> I like. Wait, I like how the photo looks nothing like him. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite sure if that was intentional or not. No. Are, are these like timeshare things actually considered fraud, or was he? No, no, he was. Timeshares are a bit of a tricky thing to deal with, but like a lot of illegal dealing, go, legal dealings go I've on s- in timeshares. Yeah. I, I mainly know it from the South Park. So he's saying he's innocent, and crime in which he is innocent. Oh. Well, he's yeah. his lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm the lawyer. He's guilty, also, but I'm pleading innocent. The judge, guilty. For, the judge, for some reason, is is Deuce Bigelow's father. Oh, really? <laughs> I knew the judge as the guy in the movie Office Space who um, builds this idea of, I want to get rich like the guy who made the pet rock. I have this idea for a, a mat that you jump on called a jump to conclusions mat, where it's just a mat with the word conclusions on it, and you just jump to it. And he makes and he gets rich off of it. So this movie is not a happy Madison, I do believe. I don't think it is. It never said Happy oh, Madison. Like I'm what? not sure, actually. I, I think Adam Sandler ha- like has an uncredited cameo, but I'm not. Does he? Sure. Yes. Yeah, he does. Who I said he? that. Who was he? I couldn't this find is, him. This yeah. is what confused me. Okay, wow. I after I looking finished, out for him. After I finished the movie, I'm like, wait, where was Adam Sandler? He had an uncredited yeah. cameo. So I went on YouTube and I typed Adam Sandler cameo, and it showed the shower scene. And I was like, hey, where is he? This, the video ended. I'm like, where was he? He was the singing he was the singing <laughs> in the shower room. Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> That's his cameo. Uh, well, I should have known when it was like. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, okay. So this is an interesting movie because Rob Schneider's involved, and Rob Schneider is a dividing force as an actor. And I'll be honest, he's never done it for me. I mean, actually, that's wrong. He's done it for me more than someone like Vince Vaughn, who I've talked about on the show before as someone I just don't understand the appeal of as a comedic actor. But Schneider, I'll be honest, he has been in things I've liked. Like, I liked him in uh, Home Alone 2, and I liked him in Demolition Man, and I liked him in Judge Dredd. I know a lot of people say, oh, he's the thing that ruined Judge Dredd, but to be honest, I thought he was really good in Judge Dredd. I think he's actually a really good team-up with Stallone. I think there's something there between them two. Like, they get on very well. And I liked him, and I do like his characters, the you-can-do-it guy in a lot of movies. And I did like him as Iggy in Surf Ninjas. And I realized, hey, wait a moment. I actually do like Rob Schneider, and I think that's the appeal of Rob Schneider. You think that you don't like him, and then you realize 
Wait a second, I don't you hate do. You do. Yeah. He well, sneaks up on you. Also, I'd just, like, just like to take this moment in time just to say, I actually love Mindy for some reason. Is it because I, she's the, one of the characters from the TV show House? I did not know that. I've not seen that show, but she's just adorable. For, and, yeah. And just, <laughs> Here's something I really want to bring up, Bartek. Yes, sir. Her breasts. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with There's them? special features about her breasts. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah? Okay, so... She's small-chested. You're talking about on the DVD, right? Yes. Yeah. She's small... No, I'm just talking about in life. <laughs> just so the audience knows that you have a DVD copy. So in the special features, they talk about, like, she's small-breasted in real life, and there's a whole thing where he wanted to you know his wife has fake tits. You know, yeah, they mentioned that. Mention it. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, went, oh, okay, okay. And in the movie, I went, oh, she has fake tits? Oh, okay, I, I guess. Like, I don't know, her tits just look like normal breasts i guess like i didn't think anything of it but there's a moment in the movie and i and i i I think it's when they're in the bed and she's in like a negligee and whatever she talks and you have to watch her chest itself not like the breast but the actual chest and there's some weird kind of movement going on there and the and the special features revealed that they made a full chest breast prosthetic to make her look like she had huge tits. And I just went, could have gone bigger, boys. <laughs> because I actually thought, oh, she, okay, so they're saying that she has fake tits. I, I guess that they've just gave, given her push-up bras and taping to make it look like her breasts are more prominent than they may have been. But they're like, no, no, we went full prosthetics. And they show you in the behind the scenes of them applying the prosthetic to her chest and all that. And like, even like up to her collarbone is fake and all that. And I just went, huh. And I just went, that explains why her chest weirdly moves in ways when she talks sometimes. So, you guys, look out for that. Yeah, I definitely okay. didn't notice anything like that. I did, because I was looking at... There's a scene when he wakes up thinking it's all a horrible nightmare, mm-hmm. and she has these weird red marks on her breasts, and I'm like, what's that about? Okay. And I just went, oh, it's because they're prosthetic and they wanted them to look real, uh, I guess. And I'm like, that's weird. So, Dan Haggerty's in this movie <laughs> as... Gay biker, <laughs> Chris, you're gay and love bikes. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> a biker's not a bike lover. He's a person that rides a bike. Ryan, get it right. Yeah, he loves bikes, and he happens to be gay. I am. Oh, well, yeah, no, but um, and I don't like bikes really either. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. He's <laughs> more of a tricycle no, guy. Yeah, I like bicycles, and I'm straight. So you kind of got those half right, but yeah. <laughs> Um, what I was going to say was, you're the expert on this movie. Sure. What was your history with this movie? Because our history was basically my history, Bartok's history was me telling him, and then me being told by you. Who told you? Yeah. Okay. You're well, the origin. <laughs> it all literally leads to Rob Schneider's told someone. <laughs> Look, I... Uh, Rob Schneider told Adam Sandler. Let him talk, right? I've actually... I've seen just about all of Rob Schneider's movies. I I actually love Rob Schneider. He's actually like I understand like why people don't like it, mm-hmm. but, but it. You know, it. Like, like his, his films, <laughs> like things like the Hot Chick and the Animal and all that. Like I understand why people think that's not funny, but I just I I just sometimes just you like just like to watch something that you think is reasonably amusing and he doesn't really require that much brain activity. Mm. And this is really one I wanted in this film because I 
at this, uh, I I was going to bed. And I was just like, mm. I don't really want to go to sleep. I got my phone in front of me. Let's just chuck on Big Stan. <laughs> so in my sleep deprived state, let's watch Big Stan. I was only able to go through half of it before the next day. I was like, you know what? I actually want to finish this film. <laughs> so, so yes, it was just the Rob Schneider and the fact that I just wanted to not think about the film I was watching. Well, that's the good thing about Schneider. He's an actor that revels in that. He's like, I make movies for people not to think about. And that's where I think he also falls. There's a double-edged sword, Rob. I know you're listening. Because we're one of the few people that watch Big Stan. And I'm glad. I walked in this movie with my head held low, to be honest, because of Chris. He just wouldn't shut up about it. And you know when someone really talks about a film to the incessant degree that you're like, oh, well, I don't want to watch it now. Even though Chris, for me, didn't even give away much of it. He just said butthole tattoo. And I'm like, oh, well, now I'm sold. You're basically talking about expectations being too high, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm, yeah. I'm a, no. Yeah, I guess. I mean, no, he set my expectations low because mm. he was talking about it so enthusiastically. But what he was talking about sounded terrible to me. Right. So he made it my expectations. So I was like, there's butthole tattoos and there's big buff black gay men. And I'm like, yay. And there's Rob Schneider. I'm like, woo. Because even I am not immune every day to the Rob Schneider hate. And I think it's unfair. You know, I think we should get an immunity to that because he's proven himself time and time again. He physically altered his body for this movie. Mm. He trained in martial arts. Well, we see it in the film. No, but I mean, he actually did. Yeah, I know, yeah. He did 90% of his own stunts. He was very impressive. Except for that random prosthetic in the middle of the training thing that just breaks off his fingers. But, you know... That... No, that actually happened. He really got his fingers broken. <laughs> Didn't you see it bend? Yeah. Yeah, and it, the, and the skin colour is clearly just not his. And it just looks really no, good. it's really him. <laughs> so, um, this is the prominent tit scene. Oh yeah, there's a bit of a see. This is like a weird crinkle yeah. underneath the necklace bit. I'm like, what's that about? Like that's me. I'm like, I'm already looking there, being like, what's happening there, man? So for our listening people who have been tuning in but like not really looking up anything about the film, you're just completely blind. This is a film that is all about Rob Schneider not wanting to be raped in prison. It's very similar to the movie Get Hard mm. with Will Ferrell, which but here's a difference. Get Hard is actually not as good as this film, to be honest. I'm going to say, I actually like this film more than Get Hard. No, there's a reason why there's a difference. Yeah. Get Hard is racist, and Big Stan is racist, but they're racist in different ways. Get Hard, the premise is he doesn't want to go to prison, but he goes, he has to go, so he hires someone so he doesn't, to teach him not to get raped. Mm -hmm. But he hires a black guy because they've been in prison before. And the black guy doesn't necessarily, in that guy's Kevin Hart, and doesn't necessarily teach him how to physically look after himself. But in this movie, he hires a crazy homeless David Carradine, David Carradine yep. to teach him martial arts. <laughs> See, there's a and difference. he's called the master. Fun fact, in my notes, when he entered, I wrote, the master enters. Did not know <laughs> that he was just going to be called the master for the entire film. Right. Um, so, yeah, this movie, you were saying, is primarily about male-on-male rape. It's, if it's, you're into that, which we are. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's a course. film about Rob Schneider not wanting to get raped, and basically there are points in the film where um, 
it's kind of like blatantly said and it's funny but then there are also points in the film where he doesn't condone it and it just teaches the audience a very important I lesson. I can't wait to get to that point in the movie. <laughs> yes, um, because as we know, in our day and age, we, we have a lot of issues with um, rape in culture. And, yeah. And there's always this whole idea about you have to teach boys not to rape, and this film actually has a scene where that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, he does say that's the main point of the film, but what I actually think is what... Oh, what, I can't wait. Po- Tell what, me. What the point is actually trying like not get across, but what actually gets across more than the rape is that his transition... <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> his transition from being a complete arsehole, which was just in the previous scene, it was just like walking up and down, I'm fucking great, I'm going to be amazing. And it just goes through this montage of him just being, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, just ace this without anyone's help. Mm. And then just his transition all the way to the end where he's just the nicest, most loved guy in the prison. Yeah, he's the <laughs> nicest guy. Yeah, he's he, his character transitions. Now, here's something that I've had a dispute with. I... Didn't love the movie as much as these two gentlemen here. Now, I said I walked in with my head held low and I came out with it held high. Something that I found very... One of the things that I found distracting was is the synopsis that everyone said. Mm-hmm. Wimpy. Yeah, it's, it's, Wimpy. Yeah, it's not. It's not I, I found yeah. it very weird in terms of... I didn't find him a wimp. Me neither. I found him someone who was very self-motivated to the point of ego blocking him, like his ego blocking his true potential, right? That's why he's going to prison. Mm. But like, I found it was like, this guy's not a wimp. He's a realist. And he's like, I'm going to go to prison. I'm going to get raped. I don't want that to happen. I'm going to learn how to defend myself no matter what it takes. I'm going to be built. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, is that a, sounds like a wimp to you? Yeah. He's automatically off the bat like, this is what I'm going to do. It's not like you spend five minutes of him crying and being a wimp and all that. Yeah, like the gay I, the gay bar is like the closest we get to that, really. Yeah, but he goes yeah. there for the reason of learning what to do anyway. Yeah. It's not like he goes mm. there just to drink his sorrows away and be a pansy about it. Yeah. He goes there specifically because he's like, there's going to be people who's gone to prison. They're going to teach me what to do. Mm. Yeah, and like the synopsis, and even I think the poster for the film, like we have, Makes the, it look we have the DVD like, right there. Yeah. He's he's between two muscles basically. Yeah, and he looks afraid. I'm like, oh, that's not the kind of character we get in this. Li- look, in this scene and it literally here, doesn't happen. In this scene here, he's waiting, he's preparing himself for anal rape by having a dildo inserted in his anus. That's exactly it. And what a hero! Like that's kind of something I thought about, Chris. This is a hero that we don't see portrayed in many modern day movies someone who's very very self-driven in such a way to the point of also being an antagonistic figure that's right yeah, yeah. is he's the only one that's in his way really like, i mean the warden yeah. you could argue and <laughs> we can also make the comparison that you know like with the dildo up the ass sequence my um, favorite in any film, it should be, right? Um, <laughs> Loved in Schindler's List. Like in that sequence, you could think of that as him like preparing so that it won't be as bad later on. Yeah. Um, that's also very much the whole idea behind vaccinations. You know, you get a vaccination so that you'll be immune to a disease. So you can definitely read pro-vaccination themes into this film. Which Jim carries against. Which Rob Schneider is very much, you know, Four. he's very much thinking about his audience and about the messages that he's going to teach everyone. Um, that was beautiful, but here's something I wrote in my notes. I went, oh, they're going to do a funny scene in which Rob Schneider fights a child. Yeah. And then, no. 
It's some weird looking man. Who happens to be on a similar belt level. Also, for yeah. some reason, the master doesn't have very good, you know, temper. Hold on, I, is, you know, which is, you probably should. He's it's, not humble. I like, sorry, I like what Ryan said there because you could say the exact same thing in a later scene. And yeah. I think Rob Schneider does. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say, though. Yeah. He just goes, that's it. Like, you, got, you insulted me by that little insult. Like, I don't know what he said. Like, you're a pussy. Let's fight. <laughs> it just fucks him up. I, I, was talk, <laughs> I was more referring to the prison yard. Oh, the, the first prison fight. Yeah, the first fight. Like, yeah. who is that yeah. guy? <laughs> yeah. So, this is a movie that deals with something that Schneider, I think, deals with in a lot of his movies, oh, which is racism. I think he deals with it in an interesting manner, which is something that's gotten him a lot of flack. I mentioned before he's played a lot of races himself. He's kind of like um, the guy from Prince of Persia. I was just thinking. Jake, Jake no. Um, Not Ben Kingsley. No, no. Well, Ben Kingsley, ben, yes. I was going to say him too. The guy who plays Doc Ock in um, Spider-Man. Oh, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina and That's Rob right, Schneider are very that. similar. They both play lots of different races because they've got this weird ethnic background that you can't necessarily pin down. Like, Schneider gives you the feeling of what could be, but he doesn't look like a Schneider necessarily. Like, he kind of does, but he kind of doesn't. So, I feel like he, in his comedy, plays with the idea of race a lot. Mm. In a movie like um, Fifty First Dates, which I think is a higher-end Adam Sandler movie, it's not perfect by any means, but I yeah. think... He plays a Hawaiian person in that. He himself, I don't know if he is Hawaiian, don't think he is, but he does it in a genuine, convincing way. And then there's times where he plays something like an Asian character, and it's very stereotypical, very racially insensitive, but he plays that on purpose. He's, I think Schneider in his comedy is holding up a mirror to racial expectations. Yeah, yeah but for, yeah, for some reason, for that one, I think that was the one he got the most flat because it was the most stereotypical one, but he was the one... With that one, he was the one that he defended the most because mm. because he said, "Look, hang on, I'm part Oriental. Like, you yeah, know, I should exactly. Be able to do this. Yeah, and but, I pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I think. Yeah, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. And even though he did it very stereotypically, maybe he was just trying to make fun of himself. Mm. But and people still got offended. Yeah, and, go and those are cases of yeah. people <laughs> PC culture, <laughs> people pointing out and reading racism into it. This film yeah. more actually acknowledges. Yeah, that's racism. what I, that's where I was yeah, leaning. I think right. this yeah. is the because this is Rob Schneider's first directorial debut. This is his first film he directed. Mm. He's a director, actor, writer, everything. I didn't and realize this, that until the credits. And this mm. is something that I think is very important in his first film that's in his control. It actually is a movie about race because I think that's the difference. Adam Sandler, that's not something that appeals to him because he's just a rich white guy. While Rob Schneider, he has this ethnic background. He's like, you just said part Oriental, all this stuff going on. And when he has a movie that's driven by him, race is prominent in there. And even when he's in a supporting role, he tries to do something about it. And I think that's very interesting. I think that's something to consider when people have a negative towards him, because I hear a lot of negatives with Rob Schneider about him being racist or culturally insensitive. And I think, no, 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 he is doing that on purpose. He's pushing boundaries. And also when he, and this is really uh, me going back to the conversation he had with Dan Haggerty. Um, he, he was like asking him like, are you racist? Are you this? Are you that? And he's like, no, I'm not racist. But he was actually like considering like, if I played a racist, like, in prison, would that, like, benefit me in any way? Yeah. And we, we had that whole discussion there, uh, we, they had that, about how prison is a very violent place and that 
things that happen in society, um, which would be frowned upon, uh, happen in there and aren't frowned upon. And even the warden says, like, yeah, whatever you do, that's your business. Yeah. Um, so it really looks into, like, why people are racist or why people mm. behave certain ways so that they can, like, fit into something and, like, be safe. So it it acknowledges that there are the bad things, but that some people, like, you know, have to do them for survival, I guess. Like, even Dan Haggerty, he mentioned, you know, he raped people and he's not proud of it. Yeah, and I really like how Dan Haggerty... Because this movie deals with rape too, which is a very ooh, it's a it's a it's a it's a very unpleasant topic to put in a comedy. Yeah, and there have been comedies, mainly prison comedies, deal with the whole being raped thing as yeah, a don't joke. Drop the soap. All that as a joke, and that's what I think why this movie differs from the rest. I think it really deals with it in a, in both a crude and sophisticated manner because it deals with it crude to begin with and delves it into being sophisticated because that's Rob in the movie. He's crude and he learns to be sophisticated by the end. You know what I mean? And just makes everyone else sophisticated. Even though, really... even though they didn't ask to <laughs> they and they were forced to. Just... <laughs> well, yeah, well prison like... is rehabilitation. Yes. And yeah, this is an example of one of those prisons that do it badly, but he comes in and kind of yeah. sets them right. Yeah, I really liked um, um, the master, played brilliantly by David Carradine, who only died a year or two after this film. Well, no, yeah. I he, did he, didn't he do a few... I mean, maybe, I did... maybe a few posthumous roles after this. Yeah. But, but I love how, obviously, he he's probably more popular in his 21st century role of Kill Bill, but before that, it was in Kung Fu. So, but he wasn't... I feel like it's kind of to a full circle now. He's the master. Yeah. He, now he's the master. Where now not the student. Yeah. Not the student. And, and uh, he's an, he yeah. was considered... David Carradine had a really tragic career in life. You know, he was considered to be the next Bruce Lee in terms of things. He really was built up like that. And his series failed, and he suffered from serious alcoholism, and did movies for beer money, and they're funny. <laughs> oh, trust me, they're funny. But he's still like, but he's always into the martial arts. And then he did something like Kill Bill, which really rejuvenated him because you know Quentin Tarantino knows his cult stars and what they're good for, and revives them in interesting new ways. And then you know he, this is one of his last movies in which he's taken the piss out of himself as a as a person as an actor and i really appreciate it you know david carradine you know he he you know how he died don't you Patrick? was it like autoerotic yeah classy yeah. uh I mentioned that before and um this is a great scene because fun fact in the trivia no not in the trivia in the behind the scenes rob schneider talked about like he was really hitting him with the stick on fire and hitting him specifically on the nipples because that hurt the most because it was two o'clock in the morning and he didn't want to be David Carradine didn't want to be there. Mm. He was like, "This teaches you your shit." <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the moments where he slapped Rob Schneider were actually him slapping him because he was upset to be there. Right. Now, this is the scene that was on the cover of the DVD, which is the reason why I didn't immediately go out and watch it. I it didn't really look like a comfortable film to uh, watch. I, I just, I, and it doesn't look very comfortable, but it doesn't, he's not, doesn't seem to be in pain. I mean, he was in twist. <laughs> My thing was actually, I didn't realize that he was, I thought he was wearing a sweatshirt. I didn't realize that was his skin until I had to uh, look at the special features and they're like, yeah, we made this prosthetic of Rob's chest. I'm like, oh boy. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Bartek, you've eaten exotic foods, I imagine. You've been to various countries around the world. What's the most exotic or different thing you've eaten? Or strange thing? A penis. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Chris? What's the most exotic thing? Yeah. I've eaten heart before. A cow's, what, what? A cow's oh, heart. Yeah. Raw? I, it wasn't raw, but I was biting into it thinking it was maybe some meat. And it, the texture of it felt really wrong. And I was like, what is this? And my dad was like, that's a cow's heart, son. Oh, great. It wasn't too bad, sure. But was I, it good? Yes, you, what, but I subsequently... What would have made it better? Maybe if it didn't actually if it didn't actually feel like you were actually biting into someone's heart, perhaps not. Because that's exactly what it feels like. But maybe I'm turned on by that. <laughs> well, that perhaps that's exactly what you need in your life, Ryan. That's very cold it, to bite into a heart. Just uh, if it's still warm, it's good. <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as when my dad accidentally <laughs> ate uh, my grandfather's sheep testicles... Just not, uh, it's weird that your grandfather had sheep testicles <laughs> instead of human <laughs> testicles. There was, was just sheep testicles cooking on the pan. Oh, well, they were and cooked at least. Yeah, like, you didn't just go cooking. to... Yeah. yeah, they were cooking. It's not like his dad just walked medium. up to one of his grandfather's sheep and just <laughs> ate the testicles and, and straight up. Accidentally. And my dad was like, oh boy. <laughs> he fell over, teeth first. There's food here, I'll eat some. And it's like, oh, wait. My dad, uh, the grandfather comes and says, wait, who ate my sheep testicles? And my dad was like, oh, fuck. Mm. Why did I eat that? But that's that's the exotic food uh, mm. anecdote that I have. See, that was exotic. <laughs> but here's something exotic. This scene here. This was something that... The overacting is... No, no. I think this scene here is the reason why people won't like this movie. Yeah. I think it, this, to be honest... I'll be honest. I'm a big fan of Big Stan. I give it a big five out of five. But... I just don't think he redeemed himself enough for this action alone. For her? Yeah. I, I thought this was, like, wow. Like, I know it's a comedy that's going outrageous, but that's something I felt like. With this kind of sequence, you need pretty much 95% of the movie to be this. Outrageous, offensive, disgusting, moral, whatever, and then make it with, like, a nice thing. But it doesn't do that. It has this one scene here that is so detestable, and the rest of it's fairly lighthearted. But, and I just go, but he does. Wow, he does after regret everything and does apologize. Yeah, but then she just goes, "That's enough for me," and I'm like, mm. I don't know, man. Like, there's a lot of time between they, you know, reunite. It was like the conjugal visit, right? Yeah, but yeah, she already was... forgave him when she was sitting there in the car looking at him go to prison. Did, not like, for no, it wasn't it, forgiving. Yeah. It was just she still loved him and wanted to. Why though? Like you know what I mean? Like, like because look at this scene. Look, he's he's she's obviously really mad at him, but and then he just promises a baby and just changes the yeah, face but that's straight a, away. That's uh, that's the thing uh, that I got annoyed yeah. about this whole sequence. Yeah. He says it like like it's a burden. Yeah. And then, yeah. then if she didn't ask really, she would have been believing, and then he would have been like, nah, not really. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I like this movie, but I think like that may have been a misstep. The scene here, I don't think yeah. he needed it. I think it's a scene in which you just go. This was a good joke. <laughs> uh, a scene in which they go, we need the wife to leave him for some reason. I think they could have just kept building on the master and him relationship being the thing that tears them apart and all that. Instead of him being a, such a jerk. Yeah, I, th- I think she got the fact that he's worried about the rape. Yeah. Probably around the time, even before the dildo scene. Yeah, I think when he's like, they're going to rape me, and uh, she's like, oh no. Yeah, because obviously, yeah, he knows how, how big of a 
you know, daunting experience is going to be. Obviously, is going to she's she's ready to forgive him. I mean, she already loves him anyway, but you know, ready to forgive him under certain circumstances. Now, yeah. have you guys ever broken a finger? I haven't, and um, as I said before, this um, this movie does pride itself on uncomfortability. And I will show the prosthetic arm. It's not a prosthetic. It's really what happened. Uh, it's probably really what happened, but for some reason, his hand just changed complete skin color. And like in a no, moment. you're wrong. You're wrong about this. <laughs> we already talked about how he's a chameleon, Chris. He's a chameleon. Yeah, we've talked oh, about how his hand man. is one ethnicity and his other is a different one. <laughs> See, look, look. It it looks it the just, exact same. Come on, what are you on about? <laughs> what are you just saying? Because the whole hand looked a bit stiff. It does look. A bit are you stiff, saying? You know? Are you saying that it, that because his hand looks like a burn victim? <laughs> I mean, come on, what are you on about, Chris? Burn victim. You come like in here. Botoxed. No burn. Burned and botoxed. I like how he puts it out on his <laughs> eye. I feel like David Carradine just did that and is like, good luck, son. That's how his daddy John taught him to Johnny hide. boy? John Carradine. John Carradine. Cooking with scorpions. I love these subtle jokes. Oh, hang on. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> Was it a joke? You mean like a callback? <laughs> <laughs> the continuity? Believe it or not, Chris, this movie has a continuity. Fun fact, he was actually slapping him. And they did not prep this. It was not a joke. This was supposed to be like a real scene of them being like, um, and David Cowdy's like, I don't like you. I like slap. it that he did the slaps. Because it's like, yeah, you don't have to yeah, focus. No, yeah. Yeah, and, and, he, and he like does it with like you know. And David Carradine yeah. knows that, knew that because he he was a real genuine martial arts guy. He was pretty much this character in no. real life, smoking no, and I'm doing just, all this. I'm stuff. just thinking when he said genuine martial arts person, I was just wondering if they cast anyone else apart from David Carradine, what would it be like? like uh, Mr. Miyagi, I don't know if he was still alive. <laughs> the Pat Morita? Or what about you know something like Steven Seagal just coming in? Well, Steven Seagal <laughs> also knows martial arts. <laughs> what if they just use Kevin Hart from Get Hard? Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Hart, but he doesn't still he still doesn't teach him any much. <laughs> wouldn't it be great if it was Adam Sandler? <laughs> that should have been the cameo. And he would have been like cameo. Oh, well, it's, it's an actual role though. So he would have been like, "You okay, brother? So you gotta get the little hand jump there to do uh, uh, some those karate moves." Or they could have just gotten like a live action Whitey. <laughs> yeah, live action Whitey, where it's like, "Oh, James, now you gotta slap yourself." <laughs> So, um, <laughs> I'm near Bartek. Okay, so this movie is about a guy going to prison and he's afraid of getting raped, so he's doing this 40 minute training montage. Half this. Okay, so this is the thing that I find interesting about this movie. It's split into two movies. Yeah. The first half is getting ready for prison, and then the second half is in prison. Yeah. Do you think that could be a de- detriment to the film for general film goers? Because. You know, I like I thought I thought it was going to just be mostly in prison, but it's actually mm. not in prison quite a bit. Now, this is this is a bit of a thing that happens quite a lot in films, and I actually quite like it. It kind of sets the bit of a two act structure on there, mm. and then mm. usually they have three. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, well, I know, yeah, but um, just a bit of yeah, a two parter, and they did a similar thing with Dumb and Dumber, where the half the film is driving to Aspen, and then the rest of the film is just in Aspen, and the reason they're in Aspen, and. Yeah, that's a road trip movie. It is a road trip movie, but they have a significant amount of time in the city they're going to, and I just feel like making it a two-part, I just, I don't know, maybe not feel, makes it feel longer, but also maybe just feels like you're going through a journey with them. I don't know. I feel... Yeah. You're a film expert, you should know. I feel like for <laughs> us on this show, one of the more prominent examples of that would be the movie Zoom, which, we, which we described as being like mostly like the training 
portion of like an action like mm. team fighting movie um, and then like the last 15 minutes is like the third act <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry I just got distracted by M Emmett Walsh here he's wearing a great toupee by the way and he's one of those actors it that falls off at one point, doesn't he? it gets punched off, punched yeah. off. Uh, I love him as an actor he's still alive by the way uh, so is Rob Schneider so, so is Schneider, but D- David Carradine is not the one that's alive. But um, yeah, but Emmett um, Walsh has been an actor that's always looked exactly how he's looked forever. Like, I mean, honestly, he's in movie Christmas with the Cranks. He looks exactly like this, but without the toupee, of course. And you know, Snow, Snow Dogs. Dogs. He has an eye patch and a lot of like warm clothes, but it's him. And one of my favorites is he's in the episode of um, the X Files. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in the X-Files, the X-Files, you know, the creators of the show has said, like, they got this much percentage of the ideas from the Twilight Zone and this much from a TV show called The Night Stalker, in which it's about this journalist who keeps finding all these crazy things like a mummy in one episode and a zombie in another and all that kind of stuff, right? And, and there's an episode in which Mulder gets all of this private information from the guy who played Night Stalker in the original TV show. Night Stalker's like, oh, that's kind of neat. And his character had a specific name. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. And then they had a follow-up episode where Mulder's like, i got to go back to that guy. And it was no longer that guy, but M. Emmett Walsh. <laughs> and he has the same name. And he's like, where's such and such? He's like, that's me. He goes, no, 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 you're not him. And he goes, oh, you're thinking about my brother. He has the same name. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, everyone in our family has the same name. You should meet our sister. <laughs> and that's how they covered up the fact that that actor didn't want to come back or couldn't come back or passed away or something. So they got M.M. Emmett Walsh to be in, in that episode of X-Files. He explains that what happened in Area 51 with the whole... No, with the whole Roswell thing, that in Roswell, the aliens crash-landed and joined a baseball team. Oh, that's, that's actually a storyline. Oh, okay. So, um, M.M. Walsh really is close to my heart. I think that he's my favourite character in the movie. <laughs> I actually was really loving this scene here in which he goes, I don't think the Asian people like me. <laughs> And then that is actually called back upon later in the movie when the Asian people attack him (laughs) for no specific reason other than... That and he miss, like, he thought they were Chinese. Chinese when they were Vietnamese. Yeah, but but he um... also was like, okay, what's happening here? And then offered that he wanted some sex. Yeah. When he was already getting some sex. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite fart jokes is about to happen in this movie. It's right up there in the movie Ted. There's a fart joke in the movie Ted where they're at a restaurant and they fart. And they keep farting and there's these guys behind them. And they're like, ah! And then they move. And then they they move as well and they fart at them again. And the guy just goes in Ted. He just goes, why does this keep happening to me? (laughs) (laughs) And just gets me. But this movie, M. Emmett Walsh solidified that he was my favorite character with the reaction to a fart. Like, I've acted before. Chris has acted before, and Bartek has acted before. Have we ever had to, in any performance, react to a fart? No, I can't say. I think I haven't either. I think all our directors. <laughs> <It's> just, <going. laughs> <laughs> it's just 
angry. He's at the car. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's at the car. He's not at the car. He's standing on the pavement. Waves it like, oh, it's right there. He goes all the way to the car door and waves again. Like, like either the fart followed him or the fart was so huge that it was like a whole cloud that he had to go. There's actually another scene. I don't know if you guys seen the man at the end of the man. No, like, like he, like he, he just wait. The man with Eugene Levy. Eugene I've Levy. seen that. Wait, wait, we're gonna do. We're gonna have it on the show one day. Oh yeah, like, like yeah, we will have it in the, in the show in the future. But essentially, there's one scene where he says, <laughs> my, um, Thanks, I, 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 um, I, like, I have a problem with red meat. Okay, I'm sorry, and he eats it, and then it just happens to be an elevator where there's nuns on board. Yeah, and yeah. He yeah. just exits, and they're like, oh sweet Jesus, it's, it's <laughs> Eugene Levy. <laughs> Who looks like his name. So I think on the <laughs> side note, uh, drama teachers, anyone who's directing shows, future drama students, you just, sometimes you need to have a fart. You just gotta have one. Because and, it's but, but really... It's not, it's not just a fart. You need to teach the actors how to react to a fart. Because to be honest, I actually don't know how to do it in an effective way in terms of how would you do it differently in a drama be- sense be- or in a comedy sense. Because it de- depends... I'm not aware. Because it de- firstly, it depends on the relationship you have with the person that's actually farted. Yeah, exactly. And secondly, exactly. <laughs> relationships. And, and, and secondly, you, like you're not going to really have a big noticeable. Oh wait, this guy's farted. Apart from, like, so you really have to overact. To say- or sometimes, yeah. some of the best reactions to a fart is the most understated reaction in which you see them sniff. And they don't give a reaction, <laughs> and that is like it's so bad that they don't want to react. Say, <laughs> yeah. so, there's such art to fart. I mean, it's like it's not only it's like the funny thing that's transcended all of history. That and poo. Yeah, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. You and, know, and pissing, by the way, which is quite prominent in this movie. Like, yeah, piss is a piss. Piss with, does with play into this. I do think farts are the most. And um, Herschel really doesn't like you pissing on his strawberries. That's the the main thing yeah I like how you thought this garden was gonna do something like I actually was thinking uh, Henry Gibson's in this movie and uh, we all know Henry Gibson don't we he's the nice elderly man oh Shorts Shorts we all know him as an actor yes have we seen uh, Henry Gibson before yeah he was in Blues Brothers right as the Nazi as the head Nazi and he looks the exact same except for he's less blonde in this movie but he was still white haired basically (laughs) in that in the Blues Brothers just to interrupt you quickly this is the random tattoo scene that's only appeared once in the entire film he gets a tattoo just for this one joke and then that's it yeah (laughs) and here's the thing Bartek said to me I said he said oh Ryan you're going in blind and I go no Chris gave me a little slice about a butthole tattoo Mm -hmm. and that's and that's and you said Bartek straight off the bat in a Facebook message oh we'll brainstorm that one on the show (laughs) yeah because what do you want to bring what it is is that what you meant or how he got like could it be that was my suggestion like that was me subtly saying you don't see it so we'd have to think about what it was (laughs) it's like the suitcase in Portford like <laughs> the suitcase, his butthole is literally the suitcase and pop. You know what it is? You know what it is? When they look into his butthole, you see John Travolta and Samuel Jackson. Like, observing, like, what is this? What are you looking at? <laughs> just going, what is Where am I? And uh, my favorite my favorite interpretation, Bartek, I hope you had this. I, I hope when I say this, you're going to say yes. I really hope the tattoo is of Adam Sandler. <laughs> And they're like, it's like looking to the eyes of an alien. I'm like, you're dead straight. <laughs> and, and no one would want to rape Adam Sandler's mouth. Maybe. Like, you know, that's what I mean. Like, it's his mouth. In the future, if we can, like, make 
gifts into tattoos. You can have a lot of fun with that. Oh boy, could we not? <laughs> like, no, you can, you can get tattoos on certain parts of your body that move and they do cool things. Yeah, well, like if you have like the skin to move. I was yeah. really hoping that Henry Gibson... They was... literally had that in this movie. The head Nazi who's not Vince Vaughn gets like his face in the belly button. Who's not Vince Vaughn? <laughs> I thought he was Vince Vaughn for Really? A while. I thought he was Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> Okay, Chris, you're an expert, but you see this head Nazi, who you are obviously a big I, fan of. Can you please tell me which one he looks like more? Do you Vince Vaughn or Johnny Knox? Wait, the head Nazi in this film? Yeah, yes. of the I white personally t- thought, not shorts. I personally <laughs> thought he looked like, I mean, I'll let you know who, which one of you, but I personally th- thought he looked like, I don't know if you played Grand Theft Auto V, but Trevor from Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's not, but He's that's... not, but I was like, is this Trevor? No, it's not really, but, you know. Wow, Yeah. <laughs> I love the Scientologist <laughs> joke. <you> just, <laughs> uh, I was really expecting. Here's my twist that I want to put on to you. When David Carradine said, "You're my, my number one, my, not my number one. You're my number two student. My number one used his forces for evil." I'm like, okay, they're setting this up. Yeah. I really wanted it to be Henry Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> see Trevor. Oh yeah, like young Trevor at yeah. the beginning of the game. Yeah, I'm not seeing it as much, but I see Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville a little bit more than um, Vince Ford. <laughs> Vince Ford? You just want Vince Ford to be in prison, as do I. I don't have like so, I don't take... have strong feelings about Vince Ford. I no one does. <laughs> no one should other than me. You have strong feelings. I know, no one should, and I shouldn't. Um, so, Bartek, I really wanted to guess your favourite character in this movie. Wow, good timing, Ryan. Well, who's my favourite character? It actually is my favourite character as well. And I said to myself, it's Big Raymond. Yes, of course it's Big Raymond. <laughs> Yours too, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Big Raymond. This ridic- like ridiculously sudden, <laughs> abrupt change to being the nicest guy possible. Yes. <laughs> I said to myself, Bartek in the past on this show has proven there are certain types of characters he likes and Big Raymond meets the standards of the those ones characters. Who are... he, you like really big guys <laughs> who have a heart of gold even though they come across as menacing. Uh, people who have learning difficulties of some sort, which he does. And, uh, and super aggressive. So basically, like I think of something like "I'll Be Home for Christmas," in which one of your favorite characters was a, obviously a mentally handicapped criminal. Uh, was he my favorite character? He was one of your favorites. Okay. I don't think you cho- chose one in that. Uh, you have a hard time choosing favorite characters because there's a plethora. But I knew Big Raymond as soon as I saw him. And I knew as soon as he was revealed to have a gay lover with a big mustache. <laughs> I knew the big bushy mutton chop mustache. I went, nah, this is Bardock's favorite oh, character. I, I, oh, I, you definitely know this. I will so- say as well, I don't know if you guys see a bit of a resemblance with this character and the reasonably similar character in The Longest Yard. No, I don't. I, uh... it, uh, the, the... Is that character played by the same actor? I'm not sure, but he looks very, very this similar. This guy's a professional wrestler. I know that. Wow. Yeah, well, I, no, there's this person in Is Longest Rock? Yard. I, I don't, I don't know, but I'll, I will take a look. But I'll essentially, essentially, it's, it's exactly the same character, except it's not me at the start. It's just always lovable. <laughs> it's just so I don't know if they just kind of copied it. it came out exa- around the same time as this film, actually. Yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. I want to say, Chris? Yeah. Look at the tattoos. I think this movie, honestly, does the best. Tattoo continuity. Because when you see these characters with tattoos, there's so many. I was actually thinking They're always in the same place on the body. It's like they're actually... And they're always the same designs. Like, you know, in some movies you see, it's like, oh, that's slightly different. But, like, 
or they don't have it, Actually, or they're I, all purposely covering them in clothes so you don't mm-hmm. always see their tattoos. This movie goes out of its way. The makeup design, the makeup artists did a good job on t- tattoo continuity. Yeah, I, like, I noticed that... Good um, job, guys. I noticed the head Nazis, like, swastika, like, the bottom mm-hmm. part of it wasn't quite perfect. And I was looking at, th- at that throughout the whole movie, and I guess that is a point of, like, yeah... They're very consistent. Their continuity is really but all, good. Yeah, but also it's like it's not perfect because it's on his pecs. So it kind of mm. divots down and yeah. all that. So it's kind of neat. I think, you know, that's mm. good. Chris, you wrote a lot of notes, as did mm. I. Bartek, no notes from you. I don't write notes. He does not write notes. And yet I do. Fantastic. Actually, I was just, just going to say, I think I just saw a little Vince Vaughn in, in the Nazi. A so, little I, Vince. I, I, from, I, Who's from, incredibly tall, by the way. From Be Cool. You know his character from Be Cool. Was just no, like this... I'm not a Vince. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a Vaughn. It's <laughs> <laughs> this character in, in Be Cool where he just he thinks he's a black pimp and just acts like it. I just, just Are like you sure you're not thinking Starsky and Hutch? Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> right, to the one movie we've right. done with him on it. Oh, hey, which, which is actually is the like big mean rapist guy in um, the Longest Yard, Terry Crews. No, not that one. Okay, few. I'm thinking (laughs) Terry Crews. So you wrote a lot of notes, Chris, Mm. as did I. Chris wrote notes for specific scenes. Like, his first one was blacks. (laughs) (laughs) Because an elderly woman loved black cocks so much. I just wanted to write the scene so I know what the scene was about. As did I. My notes (laughs) I've shared on the show before, but some of mine are just like a real hero unrapeable and then there was a bit where it was like they talked about him being a sexy man and i'm like sexy man like everyone's in the movie was like he's a sexy man i'm like really rob schneider i mean i guess like he, he brings... wrote the film right so you know it's true <laughs> no he, he didn't write it he directed it you said that he directed no, starred writ no, oh he's produced. no he's a director he directed actor, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't think he wrote the. Uh, i know if he came up with the story but he definitely didn't write the script Josh what? Lieb wrote the script. Yeah, okay. But he, he produced it, so, you know. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and one of my favourite things I kept writing was finger him, where every now and then he would use his finger of death to finger someone. Also, where's this guy come from? Like, straight from Dumb and Dumb, I just never see him again. What? No, he's a chef. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy I alluded to earlier. <laughs> I love the man. There was a man in the background that I wrote this in my notes, he said, yelled out, yo, man, even the Asian man. Like, he's killing <laughs> even the Asian man. Uh, now, here's something... Oh, like- yeah, yeah. There was that one time where one of them grabbed the stick and everyone's like, yeah, grab the stick, grab the stick, grab the And stick. one guy's like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then after he gets hit, he's like, oh, I told them not to grab the stick. <laughs> and that was Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every- no, don't grab that stick, boy. You can do it. Give me these fucking balls. <laughs> That's the best part of the animal. It's just him... Good on Adam Sandler. Not needing to to physically show up. (laughs) Yeah, you know, if I was Adam Sandler, I wouldn't want to physically show up either. In movies. (laughs) But you want to sing in the shower scene. (laughs) Oh, I want to sing in the shower scene. It's like, um, there's a movie called The Three Amigos with Mm. Steve Martin, Mm. Martin Short, and and uh, Chevy Chase. And there's a scene in which um, there's a singing there's a singing bush. They they need to find something. They find the singing bush, and the singing bush is um is the voice of the music composer, the composer for the film, who's, um... Oh, what's his name? The guy who does the songs on um, Toy Story. Randy Newman? Randy, Randy Newman. Newman. <laughs> Randy Newman is casually the singing bush, and the bush is like, he speaks like this, what? I'm a singing bush. And all he's doing is just go, and it's like, 
at the credits, he's got in big letters, Randy Newman as singing Bush. And I'm just like, wow, well, well. When I, when I was in um, year 11 doing media, one of the <clears throat> pairs in our class who was making a film for the media assessment, um, <clears throat> they basically wanted to do um, Super Size Me, but with like energy drinks. Mm. And in it, they wanted me to play uh, the doctor who like tells the main character like don't do this this is gonna be bad for your health <laughs> and the thing was i i was playing pro- it like randy newman <laughs> no 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 no. i was i was one of the more prominent like drama people in the year level so i played it like kind of seriously and like um they were going for a comedic time <laughs> i mean yeah it was comedic because i was playing it so seriously and then in the credits like the credits rolled normally mm. and the credits ended and then like the music changed and there was like fireworks like bartek shark and then like cut to you dark again and then just like for like for a minute like my name just kept showing back up in fireworks that <laughs> reminds me of a certain filmmaker on the show right now called chris uh, yes yeah, he I made a to... short film called a quest when for I... uh, dark magic a quest for when I was 15, I was incredibly egotistic. Some might say I'm still very in- incredibly egotistic, but for some reason on that film, I was the only one on that film, except for this very small part that my, uh, a friend of mine did. So I subsequently just made the five-minute credit sequence with just my name appearing for five minutes, and I would do... <laughs> he wrote, written by Chris... Music. Directed by Chris. Edited by Chris. And then starring Chris. Starring Chris. Because there was two characters. And then and then and then it was just like Idea by Chris. <laughs> bubble uh, Bubble Map by Chris. And, and And then this is the best part. Credits by Chris. <laughs> Obviously. Super obvious that I made those credits. Yeah, and, uh, second contender. And I was, I was for... look, I was fifteen years old, and yeah, <laughs> you were you were a legend. And guys, you should check his films out; they're great. And I remember, so... um, because there was there was a thing at that school called Flick Fest, oh. which was like a night where people would show off a bunch of media films they made. And the two guys who made that film, they put their film into the fl- the Flick Fest, but they didn't show up. Oh. So when you showed up there, yeah, because I had a film in it as well. Oh, good. Um. So I showed up and they played that film and at the end of each film, people would like say, okay, whoever made this, could you please come up and have a little chat with us? No one turned up for that. So I guess I was like, I'll just say, okay, I'll go up. And they're like, uh, hi, I'm Bartek. And I basically said that right after the credits of like <laughs> showing off my name. So everyone laughed at that. I'm like, I didn't make the film, but I was in it. As you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so... My second favourite character just appeared, which is Prison Guard, who later becomes Warden. I really liked him because he was a guy that really played with the different trope of prison guard. He was nice prison guard, not evil prison guard, but he was still the prison guard. Like he would still be like, "Get here, da da da, blah blah blah," and push him around. But he's still, got a he was job like, to do, but he's yeah, he's doing his job. Well, the warden not doing his job. Now, Bartek, you said something very weird about the warden, didn't you, before we started this? Uh there's a point. Throughout the when I was watching this film, I didn't know who the warden's actor was, but there was one point later in the film, and I didn't mention this to you guys, but it was when the prisoners suddenly started dancing, yeah. and he reacted to it, and for some reason, my mind just like I, I thought that he was the guy that played Emperor Palpatine from the Star Wars prequels. 
And the original. <laughs> and actually that too. But yeah, but in the, but in the prequels, like he appears like more. before he's yeah. like, you know, morphed. Oh, you so say this is before morph. Yeah, so this, this is yeah. a Oh, did you think I was talking about when he was like cloaked up? Yeah, because <laughs> when you're saying he reacts and he's like, Bleh, I'm like, well, when I think of Palpatine, I think of him being like, yeah. See, I, when I think Palpatine, I think like... When Senator was, Palpatine? Yeah. When you say the Emperor, you think Darth yeah. Sidious? Yeah. That's I don't what. know. I think, I think of it just being like, do it. <laughs> that, yeah, that. <laughs> do it. That's not the way of the Jedi. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Slices his head off. Good, good. Whereas my immediate reaction to the to the actor was like, "Oh my god, it's Herschel!" And Who's Herschel? I'm, I actually don't uh, know this actor. Oh uh, well, uh, from The Walking Dead. Uh, his oh. yeah, he's a character. He's a prominent character from The Walking Dead. Is he got a beard? He has got a beard in that. And a bucket yeah. hat. He. Oh, I can't remember. Perhaps. <laughs> um, is he like an el- nice elderly gentleman? Yeah, he has. He yeah, he was he, my favorite character, yeah, The Walking yeah. Dead, because I don't like The Walking yeah. Dead. He was like yeah. one character is nice. He's nice, yeah. Herschel's yeah, he's nice. nice. And at one stage, I think he's just walking on one leg. He's got a bit of a limp at the um yeah. in the later seasons. Does he become a zombo? Everyone I'm becomes not, a oh, zombo. I'm not that far in the series yet. Everyone but, becomes a zombo. <laughs> everyone become, except for Rick. But yeah. Spoiler alert. No, no. Everyone becomes <laughs> everyone a zombo in, in the end. We all die and come back to life. <laughs> oh, oh, Adam, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Stan singing with... It's That's it. Adam, Adam, Sandler. Adam Sandler sings. For people who do not have hearing... I'll no. sing it for you. No, the real singing is is oh yes my friends but I like it but because it's got a nice chunky body hey, hey, Ryan. I like to sing in the butt shower scene because hey. it's got a butt wait butt. hold on hold on Ryan Ryan you know how he has a knife Knife him. He didn't. He didn't bite with money. <laughs> oh, that's a Surf Ninjas reference. <laughs> In the film Surf Ninjas, Rob Schneider contests a famous line, which is, "Was it like these- this?" Is, I actually watched. There's a video of this on YouTube. Just that sequence. Um, it's like mo- this, these the, are knives that even money can't buy. And I'm like, he, he, no, the, the the father of the two. Oh, sorry, the the actor's uncle. the father. The the uncle of the two main guys talks about how. In this in cave, ninjas, yeah. yeah, in Surf Ninjas, there's something fantastic buried in this cave, and um, someone uh, asks, "Oh, is it money?" And he's like, "No, it's something money can't buy." And he's like, "It's the knives of blah, something, something, something." <laughs> and then Rob Schneider goes on this like on the best movie rant I've ever heard. It's like a in 45 a second sequence of him just talking <laughs> and about the black detective that's in the movie <laughs> joining in, yeah. going. Uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, you money can't, can't buy knives. One day I walked into a store with $100,000 and said, hey, can you give me some knives? Like, no, money can't buy knives. <laughs> <laughs> and he then, just would not let it go. Well, as you can see, no, he didn't. He made these, and he did say that he made these nunchucks out of three bars of soap, but there's obviously six, so I don't know if you can count. No, Rob I, Schneider <laughs> is... knives. We're talking about knives now. Knives only. Shivs. Yeah, but later on, they actually do have knives. <laughs> Because the prison guard gives them weapons. (laughs) Look at Rob here. Now, I thought this no urinating thing was going to really play into the idea that they actually will cut off someone's dick. A security guy just walked past. He's not doing anything. Yeah, but is he looking? (laughs) I didn't actually figure out that he was peeing for quite some time. I'm like, oh, they're just leaning and talking. I worked it out at this point. 
Oh, when the sound started happening? The fact that he's, like, you know, kind of adjusting himself, his hands Well, he's are, like, a forward. frequent masturbator. We've already talked about this. He's already <laughs> talked about this. Which, Chronicles, isn't it? Oh, all right. He's got a medical disease. <laughs> it's called the masturbator disease, in which he just... That's actually jizz. He's just old. It comes out very liquidy. Oh. And he pees on the two strawberries. Or is it that <laughs> that I to eat later on? I didn't notice that he only peed on two specific <laughs> strawberries. Now, here's the scene that really kicked off the drama of the movie. Mm. Only M. Emmett Walsh <laughs> can kick off a drama in a comedy. I was really worried for M. 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 Emmett Walsh. M. M. Emmett? It's really hard, isn't it? It's I don't know. No. Or Emmett. No. Or M. No, it's like calling Samuel L. Jackson Sam Jackson. It just doesn't feel right. Will Macy. Yeah, it's like calling him <laughs> Bill Macy, <laughs> which you did constantly. M. Emmett Walsh. I don't even know what the M stands for. I'm going to guess Mihail. Mihail Emmett Walsh. Mihail. <laughs> yeah, that's a Jewish term. Okay. Term. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a term for maybe it stands for Merry Christmas. People who um, or I I don't know. It's a specific role. I think I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right for people who are in charge of circumcision. Okay. There's people cut off. I, well, no, I thought it was just rabbis. No, they have a specific title, the Machail, or the Machailam, or something. I know this because I'm not Jewish. Mr. So. <laughs> Why I really worried for M. 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 Emmett Walsh because this movie made me believe that they killed him. Did you believe this, guys? Uh, I did, well, I can't remember, but they didn't, Ryan. It's it's okay. It's, it's okay. Oh, thank God, Chris! It's, I needed your confidence. <laughs> did we? Did we only see a punch? We well, saw that, a punch. The thing that made me think that was they had that horror movie shot of the knife opening up the door but i thought oh no and then these shadowy guys who we know are willing to do murder mm. and him being absurd and then they and then this woman they did a punch but it didn't necessarily come across as just like that's what's just gonna happen yeah i'm not contesting your own because i just jumped to the conclusion like oh but they killed him they're mobsters why would yeah they exactly not? and yeah. i was like so when he came what? back it was like oh that's nice and so i felt like then, oh thank god so i mean i really wouldn't have liked a scene in which he got parole so he can go to his lawyer's funeral and he's like why did they do this to me i'm just big stan now I've, and then then there's a third movie in which he has to go through a revenge plot for his dead lawyer i think another interesting thing is they have that this one young white guy character in this prison who's like hippie hippie-ish and then they have this other young he, black guy he, character who was there so, with him in the prison and yeah. they kind of forget about him he, he kind of feels like a character that like He's going to be the, I think the term's like morality pet or like the character yeah. that um, really softens up Rob Schneider and like that's going to be the character that determines everything. But really, not, not No, really. not at all. The character is Henry Gibson. Yeah. Because he's like, I thought I knew you. And, and, yeah, and with that small collection of characters, I think that it's not enough to really fill up a prison. It feels like this is a giant classroom of a lot of different people. Apparently it's actually a it, women's prison. <laughs> Like that they the real that. one, the a real, real yeah. women's prison yeah, that nice. was shut down for the filming. Yeah, mm. isn't that cool? Yeah. Rob Schneider deserves to be in women's prison. So <laughs> I really thought that this scene was like really appropriate for the movie. <laughs> I thought, why are they covering him up? Yeah, I like that we got to see not her titties, but M. Emmett Walsh's titties. Yeah, she's and specifically thing, hidden by him. Yeah, well, wouldn't you? <laughs> and I love the fact that um, oh, you do oh, see yeah. it. You see some tit there. Which is great to see. And then to see this sequence here makes me go, ooh, 
ooh, they're going to murder him. And it's like, oh, he's got his titties hanging out. And Emma Walsh is not someone I want to see naked, but I'm glad I am. So I'm laughing because every time you say Emma Walsh, Emmy Walsh. Okay, um, you know who he would. Oh my god! You know what I just thought of? Yeah. If they ever made a live action portrayal of Looney Tunes, Elmer Fudd, he would make a great Elmer Fudd. Would he not? Would he not look at him? And he was like, and, and the, 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 the rabbit. reaction. And just like, oh, boop. So he, she kicked him, sorry. She oh, kicked him. Yeah. She roundhoused him in the face and his wig went in the opposite direction. <laughs> so throughout the movie, Henry Gibson has these pictures of very Jap- this Japanese woman, this Asian mm. backdrop. And I often wondered too, why is he in prison? He's been there for a long time. What did he do? And I actually said to myself, oh, I've seen him play a Nazi before. And he has pictures of Japanese things in the background. Oh my god, is he in prison for being a former Nazi? <laughs> that was actually my thought process. And then it was like, no, he just murdered his Asian wife. Because mm. he was just drunk. Was it wife? It was his wife. It was his wife. Okay. And then it's another another example of him completely regretting it and being a really nice guy. He killed her. And then he he's like, her. Rob shows us with great acting. By lowering the pencil that he cares. I think that's something that really acting is basics. You know, like if Rob didn't put his face like near his hand or his hand near his face, we wouldn't know that he cared. And now look, see, see, if he didn't just pinch his upper lip, then we may not have have known as the audience that he is feeling the regret himself. So this is the moment where he regrets, especially that scene that you were saying mm, about it's too many far, scenes. but he regrets that. He feels yeah. sorry for it himself. And, and he does little things to show that, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, like, look, he just bit his lip there. Yeah. If he didn't do that... You don't need to do, like, a fart reaction to, like... You know, everything. And look, and look at her. She's just really just happy And she re- just, I've oh. also never in acting had to do the fake read. You know what mm. I mean? Like, you mm. know, where you're reading it, like... Well, I doubt it'll be a never a really a fake read. I'm sure you'll always be doing this, but it's more the reaction to... Well, sometimes it may not be the thing yeah. that you're reading there. Oh, I suppose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe you're reading a piece of paper that's like... Maybe that piece of paper is saying, good job on the fake tits. Really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, like... I'm pretty sure I've read acted. Oh, good for you. Don't you like his chest tattoo? I just noticed that. <laughs> he has a little tattoo above his... Sorry, I was looking at you. Oh, it's this scene. Yeah, this is what I want to talk this about. This is one of the funniest. Can we yeah. talk about this scene? Please. It literally comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I actually said to myself, did my DVD, did I accidentally skip four <laughs> scenes in which he gets to this point? Because I love it, but it's kind of like, and I wrote in my book, in my notes, I wrote, this is the one of the greatest movie speeches <laughs> Of all time. I just, I just enjoyed the scene from beginning to end. Like, it was just but it's like, <laughs> here's the thing that I love about it. It comes out of nowhere. nowhere. And the thing is, everyone is on board with it. <laughs> like, there is objections, but they're all cool with the idea of him being like this. At no point have they built up to that rapport, really. Like, they've been afraid of him, but they all seem like, Yeah, I love Stan. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, he wants me to not rape. I don't want to rape either. And I love all the well, racists. some of them do want to rape. No, no but, like, yeah. they want to know the reasonings of why they shouldn't. And he's like yeah. this. And they're like, fair. Fair. It's like, can we rape the rapists? Yes. And Great, I'm going to do that. And then, no. No! Because it's wrong. 
Fair enough. <laughs> like, these people who are all in prison for doing things that aren't fair in life are like, well, I guess if Big Stan says, it's it's true. And I loved it. Do they actually call him Big Stan? Yeah, they call him Big yeah. Stan. Oh, all yeah. the, throughout the whole yeah. movie, they call him <laughs> Big Stan. I guess I just kind of went over my head. Even yeah. Henry Gibson calls him Big Stan. Because it was Big Raymond, and then if you defeat that, you're the big. Mm-hmm. So, Bartek, tell me about your feelings of this scene. Um, well, obviously, once Big Raymond you know, joins in, that's when I started pissing myself <laughs> laughing. But throughout the whole thing, I, I do agree it's a very fantastic scene, and it goes through that whole thing I was talking about, how it just flat out puts out Hang there... Hang on. Yes? Oh, no, no, sorry. No, I was just going to... Who's that Mexican guy on the bottom left? He's very familiar. Has he been in any other Rob films? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a Schneid expert. I, I, I have to figure this out now. I don't know. Go on, but sorry. Yep. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> it yeah. just puts out there very plainly, like I guess the morals that the film has sort of been leading up to, like yeah. the whole violence in prison, um, rape is a bad thing, and yeah, and rape is not necessarily about sexuality, but more dominance. Yeah, the film specifically says violence, but um, yeah, violence, and yeah, and there's even an example of like, hey, if you really want some dick and ass action, um, consensual sex, make it consensual, and then a couple is formed. But, but the thing is, and though, then more couples are formed. What I find weird is that this is the only scene that explores that, and he's saying this is, that's what the whole film is about. True, but. It does lead yeah. up to it at least. It does, yeah. I mean, it, it, despite the out of nowhere comment, it does. Yeah, let's ignore that for a moment. It's like jumping to the last chapter <laughs> after going through like three quarters. And I think this is where Rob Schneider is a film directorial expert. He said, let's make this non-linear for a little bit, in which let's remove some of the scenes that would lead up to this moment. So that the audience loses their perspective of time. Because that's something I liked about this movie. It got to the point where he gets out of prison, he was there only for like he was there for his whole sentence. Yeah. Mm, at the yeah. end. And he's like, oh, this is nice. His daughter's like fully grown and everything. I'm like, yay. And this movie really deals with how much time there is. And I feel like it's really realistic. Like, I feel like this has been, he's been in prison for six months and he's doing this. Yeah, that's what I feel. Well, that's what it is. And then yeah, just after the, yeah. So it does it very well, sort of. So Chris, what about you? What's your feeling about this rape speech? And how everyone reacts to it. Like, even the Nazis are reacting nicely. I mean, I just love how everyone's just one big happy family just discussing this. I mean, <laughs> it's just it's just about, oh, hang on, we can work this out. We can, you know, you, you can have sex with guys if you really want to. I mean, come on, come on, I'm sure we can find someone for you. Come on, who, who wants... <laughs> no, Bart, I, I never... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. Wait, excuse me, he's pulling a face. Uh, <laughs> I knew when I saw Big Raymond do that, I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of Bartek's favorite moments. And then, well, when I saw that, I'm like, oh wow, Big. Raymond. And I loved. I knew Bartek's favorite moment too was when he would start flexing his pet. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> and they did in the credits. And as well. in the credits, they just made it. <laughs> oh, yep, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yep, yeah. Yeah, and then <laughs> like he's embarrassed, like oh, blushing, and then. And it's funny, even the Nazis are just going. Yeah, Big sure, Raymond, his titties. Even the, even the conservative Nazis are just and then, going, but yeah, whatever. Here's the moment that this made me go, ooh, okay, are they going to do this yeah. plot in which one of them's not involved and he's going to mm. derail the whole thing? And I went, oh, don't do that. I hate that. And you know what? And the film's like, did you say that, Ryan? Fuck you, we're not going to deal with that. Then. <laughs> and they're just, we'll give just, him a tattoo of Big Stan. Just and no, no, before that, no, no, before that, we're going to make sure that you see that he's out of the hospital yeah. from shitting himself and he dances to the Latina music. Yeah. 
And he enjoys the mariachi stuff. And that shows you that he's changed. And the Nazis have changed together. And yeah, there's a moment where Big Stan ruins it all by saying, hey, fuck you guys, look after yourselves. But you know what that Nazi does? He says, hey, young hippie guy, become a Nazi like me and I'll look after you. (laughs) See, this movie is really about unity. It's about rebellion. You know, it's about race. It's about sexism and homophobia. It's about the fear of violence and violence itself. You know, and I think a comedy tackling such big issues, well, I think that alone makes this a movie that wouldn't stand to general masses. You go to... Get it? (laughs) The movie, when you see a comedy, something like, say, Guardians of the Galaxy or something... You want to go there to have a fun, silly, nonsense time. But then there's movies like this, or movies, say, something like recently a movie called Get Out, where they're playing as comedies, but they're dealing with these big, serious issues in these really big ways. And people just don't want to take that. They just don't want that. They're like, no, I want to see a silly movie with Will Ferrell in which he deals with male rape, but he does it in his silly way, you know? Like, this is a Rob Schneider production, people. Yeah. And Rob... You know, if I could call him Bob. Uh, Bob. Bobbert. Bob. Bob Schneider. Bobby. Bobby Schneider. Bobby Schneids. BS, I would call it. BS. BS is a big friend of mine and a big friend of the show because we've seen him blossom from a supporting character to now a leading man before our eyes. Bartek, what is your view on Rob Schneider in comparison to him being a supporting actor and a leading man? Which do you prefer? Which do you think he's better at? Or what's your general interpretations of it all? Well, I mainly knew him as his supporting roles, but I didn't really think about them too much until, like, we did Surf Ninjas and we talked about him so much. Mm. Um, So I always kind of had Rob Schneider in my head as being that guy a lot of people complain about while not really experiencing him much myself. Um, And definitely watching this film, him in the lead, like when I walked in, I I was thinking like, oh, this is going to be like really silly. I'm going to see what everyone's complaining about. And then, yeah, at the start of the movie, he is kind of like this goofy character. But then once he comes into the prison and is like dealing with things seriously, uh, actually having a character and there's a sort of logic to his actions. Like, withstanding the scene of him yelling at his wife about how they're about to get raped. Um, mm. I, I feel like, yeah, he nailed it. And in fact, I wanted to bring this up, and I think this is a good transition. Um, I didn't I didn't research this too thoroughly, but apparently he and Roger Ebert had a bit of a beef going on. No! It was apparently Robert... Robert... Roger Ebert... Bob had, Ebert, yeah. <laughs> Roger Ebert wrote a book called Your Your Movie Sucks, which yeah. is about movie making. And apparently, it was a reference to uh, the title of his review of Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. Um. Apparently, a lot of the criticisms he had on Rob Schneider's works are that this is why you know more films made by Hollywood don't get Academy Awards. And Roger and someone uh, sent a bunch of questions to Rob Schneider, basically trying to get his opinion on it. And I read part of Rob Schneider's response. It was a very big one. Um, he was a very humble guy. And the p- part that really stood out to me was that 
um, Roger Ebert's comments about how his the, these films don't get more Academy Award nominations is is that really what the goal should be? Mm. The goal shouldn't be to just you know make a film so that it will win an Academy Award. It'll be make a film that like you know what it's intent what the intention is mm. and like his intentions are if it'll just make a few people laugh then that's who I'll make it for exactly which I think you already said in this episode yeah that's Rob in a nutshell or yeah. Bob <laughs> well and there is a complete there is a difference in his supporting roles and his main roles is his supporting roles unless just go full out and just as you said yeah he goes full like, crazy full on his yeah, different you know different races whereas his, on his you know lead roles he likes to play kind of himself but make the story itself crazy yeah and that's something to appreciate here's something I want to ask you boys though Sandler has to be asked about Sandler is a bigger success overall with his films he's mm-hmm. got more of them leading yes. man wise I mean not yeah. ones that he necessarily create, even outside of Happy Madison he probably does more lead than side right oh definitely yeah. definitely yeah. he's always been a leading guy but if you had to com- if you if we had to talk about Schneider because you said Chris you're a big Schneider fan you love his movies what is it that people like about Sandler more than they like about Schneider's solo endeavors because to me they've got a lot of similarities but there are a lot of differences and I want to hear your guys opinions you first Chris because you are the Schneidspert uh, well I most of it, most of Adam Sandler's films, especially the older ones, seem to be more aimed at being. I mean, they are silly, but aimed at being sweet romantic comedies. And mm. obviously, there are like there are moments people find funny in those. Whereas, I mean, I, I, I like them, but I'm not really you know big fans of Adam Sandler really. And I, I mean, I shouldn't really be a Rob Schneider anyway. But I find it just the sillier humor. For instance, in the second Deuce Bigelow film, that literally don't take anything seriously. It's just more him. It's. Like, um, oh, just. Do speak Gigolo, European yeah. Gigolo? Yeah. European Gigolo, the amazing film where he goes to Amsterdam. To f- discover who's murdering yeah. Gigolos? I've seen that <laughs> one. <laughs> and, um, which it's is a great a classic. Um, and it's just, yeah, when you compare that to films like, you know, The Wedding Singer. Yeah. Whereas that's just, you know, taking itself, you know, it is a, a comedy and there are moments where it's a bit silly, but it's still. Taking itself seriously. Wait, are you saying the wedding singer could be silly? Where at the end of the movie, this literally happens if you haven't seen it. Billy Idol, the singer, saves the day. Yeah. Not at all silly. On a plane. (laughs) But but yeah, but it's still silly. But nowhere near as silly as him playing a woman in the hot chick. Like in hot chick. (laughs) But then you go, well, Sandler. Yeah, but then Sandler will do Jack and Jill. Oh, that's right. Well, the last couple of films I haven't even bothered with. But that's it. But, that's it. but they still do success yeah. more yeah. so than any of Schneid's. Yeah, that's weird. Um, and yeah. I want to know, Bartek, what about you? What's your thoughts? Because I actually have a thought on this, but I want to see guess, if there's something together. I, I guess it would be kind of like a loyal audience thing. Mm. Like, I, I think one factor that we also should remember is that Adam Sandler's been doing it longer. Longer. Than, yeah. So they both started kind of, out at the same time. Hmm? They both started out on Saturday Night Live at the same time. Yeah, yeah. but we're talking about like the solo yeah. stuff more so. Um, and what I, what seems to have happened is that his films haven't changed a whole lot, mm-hmm. so he's kept his loyal audience. But then, and then I remember in twenty, I think it was twenty twelve, where he made a movie called That's My Boy, which is yep. it was him yeah. trying to break out of that to get more fans. I mean, obviously, it didn't work. No one liked it apparently. Oh, we know a guy <laughs> called Sam Noonan who <laughs> recommends that movie highly. <laughs> so. And it was just him breaking out, but maybe it hasn't. Maybe it's because 
his films haven't really they've just kind of been the same for that those mm. years. But, well, Schneid's does yeah. different. Yeah, I mean, I liked Adam Sandler's films from a young age because you know they were just kind of silly. They were funny voices and. I guess Polish people just seem to like that because a lot of my relatives <laughs> really oh, like those yeesh. films. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, hadn't really. I haven't really been following his films that much past, I guess, Funny People, which was a pretty good film. I liked Funny People. Though. Yeah, it was his serious yeah, comedy. Generally, I like Funny People. Yeah, yeah. and I haven't yeah. seen a lot of like the really acclaimed, like not so like silly Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, like Punch that, Drunk yeah. Love, Spanglish. I haven't seen mm. a lot of those ones. They're very good. Um. And I, I guess I guess Rob Schneider just kind of developed a sort of not so much typecast, but a sort of reputation through being in these Adam Sandler mm. films. Like, mm. oh, he's the one that does those silly voices, but doesn't really stand out or like save the day. Or yeah, anything. And also, and also it might be a respect issue as well. Uh, a lot of I don't know. You he did say he was humble when Roger Ebert was yeah, doing a lot of the stuff. Yeah, he's but, a humble guy. But he he did get a lot of criticism. Um, I don't know if you know the story of how. Chuck and Larry came out where he was doing the animal with a guy named Michael Caton. Yeah, the Australian um, yeah. actor. Michael Caton previously did a film with Paul Hogan called Strange Bedfellows. Yeah, and yeah, actually... and he was like, how dare you? It's yeah. the same movie. And, you know, he knew Rob Schneider personally and was like, hey, Rob. And Rob Schneider's like, nah, fuck you. I'm no, no. Talk about the, that. Yeah. It's completely different. And they're the exact same movie, but except for one with Adam Sandler-style humour. And that's yeah. it. But oh, oh here look, he his bank is alive, right? Oh, thanks, Emmett Walsh. So here's my theory, and I had this when I after after I watched the movie. I think I didn't like this movie as much as you guys because I was expecting on a level not from anything Chris hyped up, but from the fact it was a <laughs> you know from this school of comedy. The you know here's something with Sandler, he's not Will Ferrell and not those guys, they actually write things. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't feel as that improvising comedy as much. Or it's not absurd. Like, they actually come up with a plot. It's just not... I don't know why his hair slicked back in the scene, by the way. It's a bit of an uh, eyes wide shut reference, I reckon. Oh, good job. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what I was going to say was, here's the difference between Sandler and Schneider, and this has affected me in this movie. There's something about Sandler in which... And this is the positives and negatives is he has this whole entire shtick of he doesn't give a fuck. Like, you look at a movie like Jack and Jill and you just go, well, that's the most unimaginative idea of all time. You know, like him playing his own twin sister. It's like, of course. And there's you filming-wise, story-wise, comedy-wise, Adam Sandler, even the ones that you do love of his, like Billy Madison and all that, there is, there's this essence of not attempting to put in any effort. And that has been his curse. And that's been his curse in the last few years because all of his movies have now had the joke of, oh, Adam Sandler wants to do a movie because he wants to go to Hawaii. Or he wants to do a movie because he he wants wants to go to Africa. Africa. It's like our running joke. He doesn't want to get off his boat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We have this, yeah, that. And then that's what you think you're going to get. And there's an appeal to that because when you see something like That's My Boy or Jack and Jill, it's so awful because he has put no effort in. And that's what you think you're going to get with the Schneider thing, right? Because Schneider is a part of that troupe. And he's one of the more vulgar actors in his things. And one of the ones who gets a lot more flack. And he's been there the longest in his troupe of actors that are in his movies. Mm. So you're like, oh, that you can do it, guy. Who's one note character is going to do his own movie about being raped in prison. 
you're thinking, that's not going to have a lot of effort put in. You know, like, what, Rob Schneider as an action hero kind of thing? And here's where the movie did get me in a negative sense. He did put effort in. And it's kind of a curse to the film. Because... If he it, because that it wasn't so appallingly grotesque or bad like a Sandler movie where you do enjoy it on a level like hey I'm not a fan of Sandler but I do understand why people enjoy him because he does put so little effort in that it actually becomes an art form in itself. So basically, people walked in wanting a bit more stupidity. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought I was gonna get. When I came into a movie, Cole Big Stan and all this, I thought this it was going to be this absurd Sandler-esque style, no effort put in. And is that kind of mockery? What you I kind of wanted that because yeah. I was like, okay, and you know, there's no offense to the Schneider fans out there, but when you say, you and I say, hey, we're going to do an Adam Sandler movie, which we've yet to do on the show, but if I say we're going to do a Sandler movie, Bartek, or we're going to do a Schneider movie, even I don't know about you, but for myself. I prep myself mentally to be like, okay, we're going to enter this water. Yeah. <laughs> like I do when we have to do a, a wedding movie, you know? And I prep myself and I didn't need to. Mm. It was it was a lot smarter. And I think that was what detracted from it for me. I didn't think it was as grotesque or stupid as I would have liked. Yeah. It was trying too hard, essentially. Yeah, no, the problem is, it tried to not too hard. It tried and succeeded at what it wanted. It well, at, it wanted to do, but it wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like a kind of messed up version of if you got like a student at a school who like doesn't really do much. He's kind of lazy, but then like when What's he actually to... does the work, he does pretty well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or or even the worst one where where. Someone really puts in the effort and they still fail. What's that? Like, it's Rob Schneider's mum. I just love it when she appears in his movies. Like, is that Rob Schneider's mum then? She was also in the animal where he where she opened the door and let his dog her dog out after him. It just Can you please random. tell us how much you love Schneider? Because you're really an expert. <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll be honest. This is a peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. But when I said we have a Schneider expert here, I was semi-joking. Yeah. But I'm not... I was right. So, how tall is he? I don't know how tall he is. You, is sure. he circumcised? Um, I don't know. Is I mean, I, I wouldn't know that. Have ever. you sucked his dick? No, I haven't. No. Have you seen his butthole tattoo? No, I haven't. Otherwise, we wouldn't be spectacles. Wait, hold on, hold on. This is one of my favourite shots in the movie when you have close-ups of Henry Gibson's really, really nice teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah. And <laughs> like he just walks away like, oh no. Like, like he just did a fart. He didn't want them to smell. I like how he's massaging her feet for no apparent reason. So, he needs guys, female touch, Ryan. we've heard what my favourite character is and we've heard what Bartek's is. And we've heard... Chris's. What was yeah? Chris's was Big Raymond, Raymond too. Raymond as well. All right. Now, did we have a favorite scene or moment? This was not it for me. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, this is, if that's what you're referring to, this is not a scene that I enjoyed. Was this yours, Ryan? <laughs> is, no, no, I was just asking so we could have a new topic of conversation. Oh, no, no, no. My... It's like if I asked that question during any sequence, it would be it's like, like the scene where he finally does get raped and it's really serious. No, Did we have a favorite scene? No, wouldn't it be great if I asked that after the movie had finished and I'm like, and then Chris would be like, 
Well, there's no scene happening right now, right? I mean, you have to actually have one that's in the movie. You're like halfway through the IMDb reviews. Like, do you have a favorite scene? You know, like, we do the IMDb reviews, but Finn's like, oh, anyone, anyone have a favorite scene? And it's just like, uh, well, if we were watching the movie and you asked that question specifically during my scene, I would have told you, but unfortunately I cannot tell no, you now. Well, look, I enjoy the scene on the bus where people... His, the, <laughs> the most boring scene. No, no because that guy's oh, like, just... I'm going to, you know, try and rape you, and he's like, no, fuck you, bro. I'm going to elbow you in the head. No, titty twist him. He titty twists him and then yeah. elbows. And then, el- yes, and I quite enjoyed that scene. One of my favorite quotes <laughs> in this movie is "looks like so- was well, something like looks like someone didn't work hard on their titties when <laughs> he right. twists <laughs> his number one." But the, number one in all an- senses. Except that's that another one. disappointing bit. That was only one joke related to his nipples. I really oh. wanted him to like punch someone <laughs> with his nipple, and, <laughs> and they're like, ah. <laughs> See, that's what? the kind of thing I know. That's the kind of absurdity I wanted. Like, yeah, where it's like, you're going to do some nipple work. Nipple's going to be useful. And he, like, you know what, right? slaps someone with a nipple. I was going like, ah. to say a film. Like, that's a joke that would be out of this film. Then I'm like, that's an Adam Sandler film. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a joke out of, like, You Don't Mess With The Zohan. Yeah, and he was great in You Don't Mess With The Zohan as well. Yeah. Oh, or, like, someone punches him in the nipple and they're like, Ah, oh, my hand! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, something like that. Uh, or, uh, yeah, but did you guys have a favourite sequence or scene? So you had the bus scene. What about you, Bart? You could probably guess it based on how I've been talking, but I Big really... Big Raymond! I really like the scene that came out of nowhere that we were talking about. Yeah, that, I yeah. like that scene as well. That was definitely <laughs> the scene that got me the most. I think I really liked... So many... There's so many. I, I You know, I, I had a hard time picking them... And a lot of them involved the lawyer, and I'll be honest, it, it is... Go for it, man, I don't care. Aren't you Charlie's Theron? Charlie's Theron. I think the scene in which he reacts to the fart. It's really good. There's like, something primal like, in me that just goes, I, I, yes. I, I almost want to, like put them into After Effects and just add a bunch of bees going in on his face and it's just like get away from me bees no I would have liked it if you added Sandler's ghost to it and he's like oh no oh god you're like make a meme out of it like he's reacting to something it has to be like a video meme Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, like, Trump being like, we're going to build a wall, it's going to be great, it's going to be huge, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, God! Oh, God, you're terrible! So that's interesting that, Brian, you and I, our favourite scenes are ones that we'd already kind of talked about, but then Chris's one kind of was like, oh, we talked over the bus. I also like the fact that um, Rob Schneider feels better because the master is impotent, but he's still teaching her sexual awakening techniques, and I'm like... Well, that's a bit... It's a bit of a grey area. Like, you're not like, doing anything, well, he did, Oh, also, also, we didn't talk about one of the best throwaway lines, which is David Carradine grabs the big black dildo and is like, this is weakness. <laughs> yeah. And blah, blah, blah. And they both say, we were both rather enjoying it. Even though in the previous yeah. scene he said, oh, the horror. Well, so I, it's like, I wait, wait, is that saying that she's getting it used on her? But then I'm like, but no... He said that too, like he enjoyed. Is it like they've I, now got into anal play with the dildo and they're like, yeah, we enjoy it. I man. kind of interpreted it as like they did a bit more after that first time and they were, you know, kind of enjoying it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, that's what I'm I I'm like, oh, cool. So he's ready for anal rape. <laughs> yeah, but if it's from someone he loves, Ryan. 
Yeah, yeah, and he wants it to be. <laughs> that was also a great line. Yeah, because I, if I'm gonna be violated, I want it to be from someone I love. And I'm like, oh, it's a violation then. <laughs> also, just with this scene, for some reason, in this 20 seconds, he literally just forgets how to fight completely. No, it's because uh, he's he's like, well, well, he's well. He's against the superior. You know why? But because it, there's a time limit, obviously. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Are we talking about the? The gangster or Rob Schneider no, no, forgets. No, no, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. For some reason, like Rob Schneider directing this scene, oh, was like, you know he why? has to be better, for, better than you. Because in some Rob way. Schneider suffered heat exhaustion when making this movie, and had to be go and had to be sent to hospital. Seriously, that's actually something That's that really happened. trivia. He was also suffering from food poisoning. Most of the IMDb trivia was like actors being in other things. What I really loved in this is um, the number one decides <laughs> I'll rape him. He's not even a prisoner. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know what? I'm gay. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? No, right, it's not a sexual thing. It's a power thing. It's, it's violence. It's violence. Here comes the eagle. I didn't understand what he said with his accent the first time, so I thought he said, here comes the eel. I'm like... That actually makes more sense. That's an apt description of a penis. Like, yeah, like... Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So, guys, this is the big one now. All right, so... Do you like Schneider more or Sandler more overall? Soz Schneider wins every time. Soz. <laughs> There's a whole thing on the uh, Ricky Gervais show in which he's like, Soz is the most uncaring uh, way of apologizing. Like, imagine if you go to the doctor and they're like, the, the most instantly, it's like, imagine if you go to the doctor, it's like, oh, wow, Soz. the test results have come and you've got incurable bowel cancer. You're going to be dead within six months. Soz. Yeah, because it's not only text form, but it's also like... You know, you don't have that emotional connection because you're not hearing a voice say it. Soz. <laughs> so, Bartek, mm-hmm. Sandler or Schneids? I'd, look, I've had definitely more experience and exposure to Sandler. There have been many films of his that I liked that, mm. you know, would put him up there. I don't know if he's made a film quite as, I guess, thought out as this one, though. Oh, yeah. So it's that kind of, like... I mean, I thought Click was pretty thought out. <laughs> yeah, I only saw yeah. that one once, though. I need to give it another go. I have a Yeah, it had Henry Winkler it. in it. It's good. I have a copy of it. Who doesn't? Um, yeah, I do. There's well. Christopher Walken as death. <laughs> I, ha- I have, like, an Adam Sandler 5. Hey. Hey, <laughs> it's me, the Walkman. Wow. There's so yes, much similarism. I think... I mean, I'm kind of battling here because I've got this... Decent power of quantity versus this one movie of good quality. What about... Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so you're sitting on the fence, huh? I think, though, that I like this film more than, like, Funny People and some of the other ones, so... Yeah, well, Funny People is a serious one. Yeah, it's not really a comedy. Yeah, but it was still pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. If if this film were to battle against a, a single Sandler film, I might put this one on top. Even though I do really like oh, Big Daddy and Billy Madison. Oh, actually, hang on. You really do like Big Daddy. I hate Daddy. I mean, like, that's actually the film for me. I look at it and go, this is where Sandler started to get to where he is now. But for how, me, how, I think that might be like my entry to him. Yeah. Yeah, but so, but yeah. if, we're, if we're comparing films that they've done, so if I compare this with Sandler's prison film, I think I like... Longest Yard more than this. Nah, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> wrong. I mean, how could you even... I think yeah, I like um, Will Arnett's prison movie, Let's Go to Prison, the best. I've never heard of that film. Well, you clearly... I mean, if we're talking prison films, I've seen Story yeah. of Ricky from it. So. Well, and I also... And I also love uh, Shaw Skank Redemption. Oh. <laughs> Porn parody. I haven't seen that. 
Um, so my answer is I'm a David Spade man. Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a Dicky Rob I'm a Dicky Roberts man. Right, but of the two, David Spade obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alright. We answered seriously. You answered indifferently. He answered seriously, and I answer sillily. That's how it always goes. I, I still work That's with a- the two you gave me. Oh, and what did you? Stop, stop, okay, Chris? I'm sorry, bro. I'm really soz. Bro, soz. (laughs) I think I would have to choose Sandler. Mm -hmm. I think he has been in more films I like. I I love Punch on Glove. That's a serious one of his. I love most of Click. There's just bits of it that I just go, you didn't need to have your Sandler-isms in there as much. But there is things I like about it quite a lot. That was the shot there that made me think Palpatine for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) And I also just think with Schneider, I'm sorry, but the animal is unwatchable. It's so boring. It's so incredibly boring. I mean, I mean, Hot chick, on the other hand, is great. Look, yes, yeah. But having having said that, yeah, I haven't seen the animal since I was a kid, so maybe I. I hated yeah. it as a kid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yes, Hot chick is really funny. I like that. Uh, none of them's as good as his stellar role as the Chinese waiter in uh, Eight Crazy Nights with Adam Sandler. Uh, I don't know. I think Sandler. I Sandler. still need to see Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, jeez. <laughs> if I'm going to be doing Whitey impressions, i Isn't Eight Crazy Nights one of his worst reviewed films ever made? It's the animated <laughs> one? But yeah. it has Whitey. Yeah. It has his character, Whitey. And Eleanor. Oh, boy. It's a technical foul. Okay, we've got a full copyright on that. So, uh, <laughs> so we've settled that dispute. Now, the movie's coming to its dramatic conclusion where the warden is being evil. I love there was a bit in it, Chris. I think you would have noted this in your notes where the he says to the warden, wow, you guys should sue... Because you guys always get a bad rap as being bad yeah, guys. Right. And then he does nothing but be a bad guy. I was really like, wouldn't it be nice if he's the nicest guy? Like in um, My Name is Earl. In the TV show My Name is Earl, he goes to prison for a season or two. And the, the warden's really cool. Like, he's still a bit of a dick, but he's still, like, pretty cool. Is there a whole season? Is it? Yeah. I remember there was one episode where he, like, just went there for that one time. No, no, he, there's a whole season of My Name is Earl dedicated we, to him being in do jail. We, do we mean a warden in, in uh, uh, um, Orange is New Black? Um, no, there's a whole reasoning of... In Orange and New Black, there's this whole thing of the closest you get to the warden is um, Mike Babiglia, who was in the movie Annie as the child service officer. Mm-hmm. And he's a really great stand-up comedian on Netflix. Check him out, Mike, B- Mike Babiglia. He's in Orange is New Black as the pathetic, under, uh, pathetic son of the company that owns the prison because mm-hmm. it's privatised and all that. And he, they're like, are you the warden? He's like, well, see, the thing is, the position of warden doesn't really exist in the modern age and all that. It's like this corporate thing. So there is technically no warden, but he is technically the warden. Yeah, I guess all the wardens you see are old white men and they all just died. Yeah. And, uh, they're a race, not a job. Or, or they're the guys with big round glasses that are always corrupt, like in Shaw Skank Redemption. Batman Arkham... <laughs> Asylum also. Hugo Strange, yeah. Well, Quincy Sharp was his name, I think. Oh, Hugo's the Doctor, yeah. Yeah, he's from the second game. Oh, Quincy Sharp was such a great character. But yeah, Quincy Jones! Oh, no, not Quincy Jones. <laughs> uh, is he the music guy? 
Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Quincy Jones. The the other guy. The, Quincy uh, Jones <laughs> is the father yeah. of Rashida Jones, who's in Parks and Recreation. Yeah, <laughs> and then in Parks and Rec, there's lots of times her as an actress because Quincy's black. Uh, she gets like, wow, your skin is so dark. Do you tear? And she's just like, in interviews, she's like, you know I'm half black, right? <laughs> so, Ryan, were you happy at this point that... Um... That the, the warden's given consensual sex to Big Raymond? Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> no, I, I was specifically talking about... Um, uh, David Carradine smokes towards... Vince Vaughn Knoxville Trevor. The fact that he didn't end up, you know... Being an asshole? Yeah. yeah. It was actually so relieving. To me, yeah, because even though like a fart, even though you want conflict, oh. you don't really want conflict in a film. Yeah, look, <laughs> I when I see a movie, I want nothing to happen. Yeah, just, I want just, everyone to be just, happy just at the end happy. of the day, yeah. like life. You know, when I go to the cinema, I want life reflected at me. <laughs> and David Carradine was in my life smoking with his limp dick. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's my opinions <laughs> on the movie. Five stars. Uh, but I don't know. actually. <laughs> I don't know where you are at. I look at Barton, I'm like, Barton, you're like... It'd be funny. Mm-hmm. Is that... Is that it'd be, I mean, it probably is. I'm just spitballing. I just realised... what He if- winks at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Do you never notice that? No, I did, but I just think it's so funny. You know what I love? Who closed the boot of the car? Yeah, and... Um, it just closed by itself. Who closed it? It was the director. No. Oh. Who was it? Like, um... I like... Thanks, I really remembered <laughs> her. That's um, what I said throughout this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Like that. Let, let Chris talk. I was just gonna say, what if the girl was his real? What, what, what's his daughter's name? Like the singer. What? <laughs> Rob Schneider's daughter. Rob Schneider's daughter. Oh look, it's Billy Schneider. Rob's mom. No, um, no, no. Like there, there's a song called um. Dude looks like a lady. Not dude likes a lo- like lady. Oh. It's, this is like it came out like last year. I don't know where, what you're talking. About. No, no, no. It was um. I, I had a boy oh. turning into a man. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. It was just. This is blonde singer who's his daughter. Iggy Azalea, yeah. No, <laughs> it's um. Oh my god, I can't think of it. Anyway, but I just think it would be funny if that was his real daughter. But what? I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> I'm not in the sand. Oh, I'm not in the Schneiderverse. In the. I don't know what you're talking about. When I was looking through um, X's and O's, that's the song she sings. This is that his daughter. Yeah. In real life? In real life. That's his daughter. Okay. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> we got there. Uh, okay, Henry so Bartok, you were going to say something about the credits? When I was... Not specifically the movie's credits, but the credit listing, cast listing on IM, Wikipedia, actually. Oh, um, one of the people was uh, Lil Rob yeah. playing an inmate. And I was like, oh, is that some kind that's of Rob like... That's Rob that's actually a pretty Wait, good joke. Catering, catering by Alex, by the way. I don't know who Alex is, but it's like really big. Oh, Netflix doesn't want the credits to be oh. full screen. Hang Fuck on. you. That's don't a, touch. That's naughty. So we were saying, um, you were saying there's credit. Yeah, little yeah, Rob. Who's he? A, who's he? Just an inmate, apparently. I uh, thought that like... There was a midget one and you were like... Oh. I thought it was like kind of like a reference to the fact that there's Big Stan played by Rob Schneider, but there's a little Rob of some oh, sort. I get ya. But apparently, no, he's just some rapper. Aren't we all rappers? <laughs> Not like of a chocolate bar, but like a, you know... Oh! <laughs> yeah, I used to start... I used to be a, a rapper. I did, you know. I, I, I didn't call rap. it rap. Uh... I used to have a one-man show called Ryan the Rappist. Mm. And people, Uh. only certain men came to that show (laughs) in the back wearing trench coats. I don't know, man. It was a really interesting career I had. So the film has come to an end, everyone. 
It's upsetting. Nazi Joe, thanks for being in it. And yeah, uh, Lil Rob, inmate. Thanks, inmate. <laughs> Only one inmate. And one. there's an actual song in this called Unrapeable, by the way. Um, so the film's ended. I'm going to go straight into my review. All right. It's called Rob Does It Again. This film is lightning in a bottle. Because if you open it, it will strike you down. And it will strike you down hard. This is a film that shows you what comedy mixed with social political themes means. This well, Rob Lowe was a bit more afraid of. Good, Ro- good job, <laughs> Rob <Lowe. laughs> He's really moving up. This is a film in which people have said, hey... There's someone who was called Eric Porn. There's a lab technician guy. But okay, okay. Seriously. I like this movie. I didn't love it as much, but that's okay because this is an unappreciated masterpiece. And, uh, you know, with a masterpiece, like, say, Gone with the Wind. I like Gone with the Wind, but I don't love it. But I respect it and understand where it stands in the pantheon of movies. And this, I understand where... I understand where this falls in the Sandlerverse and the Schneidverse and the cinematic landscape of that year and of today. I think that one of the animal services was Gentle Jungle, by the way. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that this movie has going for it more than a Sandler movie is a genuine sentiment. Sandler, in his movies, goes for sentiment, but it feels forced. And it's always the same one about a man-child but growing up to be a real person, you know? What I mean by that? Catching up. Catching up with the real world. And I think that this movie deals with bigger issues in a bigger, better way. If I have to give this a rating, if I had to, I would give it um, Chris giving us permission to give it a rating out of actually being able to give it a rating. <laughs> what, what was the permission thing about? Like what uh, you When we said that the man will be on the show, he, <laughs> he, said, assured the audience, he yeah. said, yes, yes, it will, guys. <laughs> like, to us. I'll give permission for the man to be on the show. So, Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Chris, let's hear from you. You're the Schneid expert. Yes, well, it, this is now my third time I've seen... Um, this classic film, Big Stan. Three times a lady. Three, three times, yes. Uh, the first time I watched it, as I said, I just wanted to watch a film which I didn't really want to think about. And it was exactly that. I felt a little more than I expected. You know, I, you know, learning about this nice guy in prison and all that. And just the journey. Of non-violent offender. Yeah, yeah. Not a non-violent offender, even though he clearly is a non-violent, I mean, a violent offender. Well, no, just, no, he's violent. <laughs> the offense but he's not offended or violent. Is not violent. <laughs> That's right. And he's just transitioning from that you know, to where he is and just a happy life with his daughter and the master, which his wife happens to like now. Um, I, I do say, though, the third time was maybe a bit too much to watch this film. So if in, in terms of saying a rating, I'd probably give it two out of three watches. <laughs> uh, you know, two watches is enough. I don't want, I wouldn't watch it a third time, guys, but, you know... Maybe yeah. later down the line. Yeah, perhaps, but <laughs> three times in ju- in a shorter span of a month, short span of a month. I don't think so. But yeah, <laughs> two out of three watches is my review. Two out of three Gen- ain't bad, gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and ladies as well out there. Well, oh yeah, referring to you two, but yes, yeah, so we, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know Bartek's gender. <laughs> so, um, Bartek, what about you? Uh, male. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>
Well, thank you for enlightening us, Bartek. <laughs> and that was Bartek's review. So, um, back to the IMDb review. So, Bartek, let's Back see. to? Yeah, because like now right we, we never... No, we never left them. Oh, this no. has been nothing but a transcribed IMDb review. The whole episode. Oh. Written by Tyler Lee Jewell. Oh, no. Tyler. Tyler. His grammar improved. Somewhat. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> so, let's hear from you. Uh, big, big man. Get it? It's, it sounds like Stan. I'm the big Also, mother. in this group, who is the big Stan? Uh, you're tall, Ryan. So that's but... not me, then. Because he's little. Yes. So you and Chris are both same kind of build, same kind of height. Who is it? You are the audience. We're going to make a poll on the page <laughs> <laughs> saying, who's the big Stan? Chris is or good, Bartek? Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing to be big Stan? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So we won't get to find out until next episode. Where Chris won't be there to like celebrate his victory or loss. Or will I? You actually beat me to saying that. I actually invite Chris to come in for one moment. To come in halfway through. We don't even tell. He doesn't even tell us when he's going to come. The episode could be just finishing or starting or midway through. He just opens up the studio door and just comes in and went, I'm Stan. (laughs) I like what you said there, Ryan, because you said come and finishing. (laughs) Okay, let's hear from the big man himself, Bartek. This is the climax of our reviews. Uh, uh. <laughs> I like Chris's when he laughs. Yeah. Three very distinct very, laughs. He, he, I like Chris. He enjoys, he enjoys laughing. I like Chris. I like that. I like, that. I like Chris. You're a good kid. <laughs> Thank you for that. And in a year's time, you'll be a man. <laughs> if you like a it, big, you'll be a, you'll a be big, a big man. Who's going to be called Stan? Well, that's all up to you guys. Stan the man. Vote now. Vote now. <laughs> Would you want Big Chris or Big Bar? You decide. <laughs> big Bapa. All right, if you want Big Chrissy Hines or Big Bartek Marsha, you decide. Okay, sorry, Bartek. Let's actually do this. Yes. Bartholomew Bartek, let's see your review. Bartholomew. Is Polish. That's actually my first name. Nice. Don't be racist. Um, So this film... Fucking We've we've talked about how it is a very social issue-minded film Mm. in a metaphorical sense because it... In some times it is metaphorical, sometimes it's blatant. Because, like, we talked about the scene that... Uh, I said was my favourite, the one that comes out of nowhere, the one where Rob Schneider just basically lays out all of the messages of the film while still throwing in a few jokes. Like, yeah, you can rape them, and then later going back, it's like, nah, nah, that's, that's too far. Nah, Let's not rape nah. anyone. Um, it is an issue-minded film that is unfortunately under the label of Rob Schneider, which is a problem in our society... Not Rob Schneider's a problem. Society, <laughs> uh, society yes. has a problem with Rob Schneider's brand because, yeah. as we've talked about, um, he is seen as somewhat of a joke, somewhat of a. Who would have guessed a comedian would come across as a joke? Uh, yeah, but there's a difference a, a between joke that's not funny. Yeah, there's a difference yeah. between being a joke and telling jokes. Yeah, Rob Schneider said I'm... to his friends that he's going to become a comedian. They all laughed at him. Now no, no one's, one's laughing. laughing. <laughs> yeah. I like that line. Um, 
but yeah, even on South Park, like the one time they made fun of Rob Schneider, it was literally that he does dumb things yeah. that are like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you would separate, and you would add in the word "doop de doop" all throughout. Yeah, Rob Schneider is. Yeah, we, we made fun of. Well, we talked about that in the previous episode, but I can't remember what it was. Big Stan. It had something <laughs> to do with someone turning into something. Ah, of that's course, a, Jeff Goldblum is the fly. That's a lot of some <laughs> nouns. Um, some, some, some. Look, I think. And I know, Ryan, you didn't necessarily burst out loud laugh as I did, but there were points in this film that I genuinely had a good chuckle. Possibly because it relates to my favourite character, Big Raymond, just having a sudden turn that I was not expecting and I really enjoyed. Um, but definitely, yeah, you, your favourite character, His name is Lou Popper, by the way. Elmer Fudd. Emmett Walsh. Definitely his physical acting and also the juxtaposition of, like, the ad and then it transitions to its face. <laughs> <laughs> like, different? Like, there are some genuinely funny things in this film and I think people, are, if they even heard of this film, I think they would turn away from it because they wouldn't expect stuff like that. Uh, they would expect more dumb stuff like that and I think that's clever. I don't think it's dumb, I think it's clever. This film is a clever film with the... You know what they say, don't judge a book by its cover, it's got a dumb cover. I mean, I think we can say that literally. Look at the image on your oh, DVD or the poster, Rob. or anyone who can look at it. It's Rob Schneider having a dumb, I guess sort of wimpy face, which they kept using that word in synopses, um, in the middle of a bunch of muscles. <laughs> I would say muscly men, but you no, can't no, no, no. Really... It's muscles as in the thing you eat. <laughs> How little would you have to be to be between muscles? No, no, no. There's many of them. Like he's small, but the muscle amount of muscles is huge. It's huge. For all the irate gamer fans out there, I'll say the line: "What the hell is a muscle?" But let's let's okay. jump away from that because these guys probably don't know what that means. I don't know what games are. It's all for all you, all you like little obscure. Things. I'm not obscure. I'm a I'm a popular person. I host a podcast. Fucking Ryan and his podcast. Fuck me. That he hasn't even been three episodes. Fuck me. Of- I'm unrapeable. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, are you like the kind of guy who, when people jump on you, you suddenly go, "I, I consent. I consent." And like, damn it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like there's a there's this comedian who's like. You know, whenever I get into a fight with a bunch of men who are trying to mug me, I go, "Boys, boys, boys, please." You're giving me such an erection right now, and they usually don't want to fight him. <laughs> Thank you for the demonstration, Ryan, because that was going into my next point, which oh, is erections. the fact that... Thank you. Um, <laughs> the fact Thanks. that serious things can be funny. And I think that if this film was made today, it would get a lot more attention from because we're a lot more social justice minded mm. you know, Rape is such a taboo topic, and yet in this episode... Despite the fact that we recorded this in 2017, we've kind of not really been airing away from it because we were watching a film that talks about it seriously, mm-hmm. doesn't trivialize it, aside from, you know, maybe that one yeah. scene where we kind of... Uh, um, and I think that this film has merit to it. Which yeah. really, that's the whole point of our Unappreciated Masterpieces show, but I feel like saying these obvious things every episode mm. will really help get that point across. Excellent. I mean, obviously, it's not the best serious comedy scene, but, you know, it's rough. I mean, it is the best one, though. (laughs) Seriously. What's your rating? You know, I think I already said it this episode, but I really like Big Fantastic. 
Big Snandastic. Big well, guys, Stantastic. we've got to, we're going to read some reviews from other sources. Other people had other thoughts. <laughs> IMDb and YouTube are both great places to find. What I love about it find is... Find opinions. Find anything. Find, well, yeah, IMDb and YouTube are drastically different from each other. IMDb, it feels a lot more private. People don't usually read the reviews or read all of them with comments on YouTube. People can reply a lot easier and there's a back and forth. Yeah, there are times where you read IMDb reviews and they're very rare that, like, reference other ones. And And it's always, like, a crazy thing. And the thing I think about, too, is it's like with there's less reasons to be cruel on IMDb than YouTube. YouTube, you can just say you're, like... Fuck you, die or something. Well, so one has manners and the other right. doesn't. Yes. I'm going to read the one with manners. IMDb. Bartek's going to read the one with no manners. YouTube. So I'm going to read this first one, which is an eight-star review. Came out in 2008. It's called Rob Schneider is unrapeable. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> so after becoming a gigolo, a teenage girl, an animal, and making a lot of copies. Schneider becomes unrapeable. What was the copy's reference? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was he like a counterfeiter or something? Was he a clone? Um, and becomes unrapeable. And it works for me. One thing will dictate whether you'll like this movie. And then they write, number one. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider. I like him, but he's made some real turkeys. Animal comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, because there's literally a turkey in that movie. Um, so I was unsure w- of what to expect. If you don't like him, you probably won't like this. Probably, but not surely, because this is one of his best movies. Here, he enlists the help of a good ensemble cast and David Carradine, who steals every scene he's in by playing the parody of himself straight-faced. This is essentially a prison comedy movie and the best one I've seen since Mean Machine and Life. This time, instead of becoming a stapler, as his previous movies would indicate... (laughs) He's a South Park reference? (laughs) He becomes a martial arts expert. In order, in order to cope with prison life in prison. You know, because he doesn't want to get raped. That's pretty much his only agenda, of course, until he gets to know the inmates better and the usual cliches unwhirl. The irony in seeing the the uh, the actor kicking more ass than Chuck Norris is Chuck Norris is what makes this movie so entertaining and in a way even inspiring. If completely unbelievable. There are several laugh out loud scenes here, including one in which he bans, they put that in inverted commas, bans rape from prison. The only problem with this film, aside from being deliciously, deliciously silly <laughs> and a tad too long, is that pretty much, uh, yeah, that is pretty much divided into two extremely different parts the build up and the actual prison scenes. But in the end, all is well because laughter is what Schneider wanted, and that's precisely what he got out of me with Big Stan. So good job, Rob, and try and keep it up. Cool. And I've got one more here I'm going to read because I've only got four reviews. Oh. How are we going to separate? You just read some and we'll, we'll, 
Where, where so you go that? through half of everything that He's I looking start. up a... What are you looking up, Chris? I was trying to figure out what that copies thing was referencing, but whatever. No, I, no. I, no <laughs> I have a seven star here. It's from 2008 and written from Earth. Oh. <laughs> it's finally a pretty, there's two from earth in this one a pretty decent comedy is the title <clears throat> i find the general lack of interest towards this comedy rather disturbing this message coming all the way from europe bulgaria the movie is playing in the theaters as of this week and to be honest it is just hilarious and similarly similarly spirited <laughs> spirited to other Schneider flicks. I went to see this expecting a few good laughs, and that's what you get. The funny moments arise from comical situations and actions, which led to a a rather unexpected, uh, to a rather expected outcome each time. It is not a sophisticated film. It has no real depth. It is just a feel-good unrealistic comedy which makes you all warm inside. (laughs) I apologize for the chaotic and short review. It's just that I find it quite hard to organize my thoughts in order to give an adequate presentation. 7 out of 10 doesn't stray too far from all the other Schneider movies. If you've loved his previous work, you'll also enjoy seeing this. Yummy. I like, yeah, yummy, because it makes you warm inside, like, cum. Uh, so, let's see Fresh what... cum, right? Fre- obvious, oh, unless you microwaved it. So, uh... Um, let's see the comments from the dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first comment is so positive that it just kind of, you know, ruins the tone if you call him a dickhead. Uh, there oh, might okay. be, though. Well, I, I do apologize to this There person. might be a child molester. We don't know their backstory. Initial comment. This movie's all about the rape. I like it. (laughs) Response. Response from the uploader. I'm going to be saying that a lot this episode. Response from the uploader. So wait, did the studio that uploaded the trailer respond? No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. You always ask me um, where I get the comments from. This time, all but the last comment are from the person who uploaded the full movie on YouTube. Oh, goody. Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you their username when it becomes relevant. Oh, good. So, the uploader's response, you dirty girl, you, Colin P. (laughs) (laughs) And the response... That's that's, um, winky tongue chase, by the way. Yep. Um, And the uh, next response, I saw the film at school today and it was awesome. All the girls were scared when they fought. What? There were this now this comment thread. There were so many responses, but I just had to you know cut it off at this point because they just kept going on and on about how in Norway they don't really care what you watch in schools, and it was like the last day of term. And yeah. good on you, Norway. Mm. I'm proud of you. Yeah, there's no way that would happen in this country. So give us the next comment. This one does not have responses. Oh. It is simply, uh, it is. Raped by Nazis, and then four emojis, which is the crying laugh one, normal laugh, crying laugh, laugh. That person obviously didn't watch the film, because that did not happen. And I'm very yeah. serious. Yeah, they tried know. to, they tried to. <laughs> if, it, if it makes you feel better, the R in rape and the N in Nazis are capital. Oh, yeah. So they were raped by Nazis. No, just raped by Nazis. Yeah, they were raped by so Nazis. Yeah, unless he's trying to... 
pitch his new film called Right by Nazi. That's why, <laughs> and it's very funny as, as can be told by the emojis. Well, you know my favorite, uh, my favorite film, Right by Nazis. It's a Holocaust movie. Next comment. The initial, in, next initial comment. I wonder what the tattoo on his ass hole. As gay as it sounds, I'm gutted we didn't get to see it. You know, I'm glad you asked that. We are also very, you know, just thinking about that. We, we, we don't know. The uploader's <laughs> response <laughs> is, I saw a girl that had barbed wire tattooed on her arsehole with do not enter above it. And he still did. <laughs> he misspelled wire too. Give us one more. Okay. <clears throat> LOL, I'm a 17-year-old girl and my boyfriend and I watched this when we were 15 as our first date. XD! Oh, they sound like they're still together, so that's sweet. <laughs> it's like, it's like that, um, back to the previous comment, it's like Good Luck Chuck where there's a, there's a random joke with a woman saying George W and then her, and then her bush at the bottom. Wow. <laughs> Classy. Speaking of random tattoos wow. in the genitalia area. Wow, that was... Ryan, what's the third one? Um, fun fact, I lied. I only have three reviews. Oh. Uh, but here's a fun one. And you'll love this. Ah, uh, hopefully. A very good comedy from India. <laughs> <laughs> Seven stars. So this review is from India. Oh, reviews from India, not the, okay. Oh, yes. Um, this review may contain spoilers. <clears throat> Rob Schneider. The one who makes you laugh always is here and also is the one that is his directional debut of the one. So, so, how well did Schneider made the movie? Yes. Excuse me, Chris. This guy's trying to say something. The movie actually will amaze the audience. Schneider made a great uh, directorial debut with this well-entertaining movie, so once upon a time, <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect time to start a review. There lived a tiny, insecure man named Stan Schneider, <laughs> along with her wife Jennifer Morrison, who learned the only way he could make his enormous ego feel comfortable in his teeny tiny body <laughs> was. Was to embarrass, humiliate, and torture others. He thought he was a master of disguise, fooling others into believing he was the big man. So Stan is being sent to prison for fraud, and the prospect terrifies him as he fears he would be raped by the gay prison mates. Seeking help from a mysterious martial arts guru known only as the Master, Carradine, Stan transforms himself into a kung fu expert, ultimately bringing the warring prison gangs together and establishing peace within its walls. The movie changes its path in the second half, and you will feel as if you are in a different movie. But that is not a backdrop of the movie. It was actually the most interesting part. The second half deals with the comic prison story. Rob Schneider made the film very entertaining as the story is very interesting. He also makes you laugh always. (laughs) He is superb. (laughs) Morrison was so sweet in the movie and you wish that you had her as the same kind of wife. Look, she's very sweet. I will say that. She's very sweet. But (laughs) would you wish that you had her as the same kind of wife? Why not? She's nice. There are loads of funny moments. <laughs> He's like, 
it's good. But is it good? <laughs> there are loads of funny moments. The practice sessions, the fights, and changes in the prison. It is so funny. And lots more. A well-made, feel-good, well-made comedy, which would surely entertain you and make you laugh. Hilarious comedy, Mr. Schneider. Do well watch. (laughs) (laughs) And now the rest of my comments, I guess? Yes. Okay. Alright, let's go through it. Initial comment. Donald Trump as a lawyer. (laughs) Response. (laughs) Underrated comment. Response. LOL. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, this is where I'm going to tell you the um the uploader the who's uploader's doing username. something very very naughty. They didn't. That's not legal. Well, Upload the whole actually, film Ryan, on YouTube. I'm not sure if there are any laws. There are on YouTube. It's called copyright. There are. I thought you okay. wouldn't upload a whole movie onto YouTube because it's illegal. Okay, I was, and then he's like. You're right, it's not illegal, so I, thought, I would. I thought yeah, you no guys laws. I thought you guys were misconceiving that somehow his username would be tied to some sort of crime. No, he would be no. convicted. The thing that he did, yes, that's wrong. But the thing is his username is Lord Satan. Oh good. Maybe maybe he's he's just saying. I'm glad like, that his Lord Satan is the uploader of Schneider he, films in saying, their entirety. He's just saying, look, I admit that does something wrong and deal with it. That's my name. Yeah. <laughs> yes, our Lord Satan is here in prison. So, so, Ryan, remember when we talked about at the beginning of this episode? Oh, how I remember. We talked about Jesus a lot recently. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Initial comment. <laughs> Initial <laughs> comment. <laughs> Satan shall fall in God's hands. Oh God. Response: If your God is all knowing and all powerful, why is the sadistic son of a bitch waiting to crumble his biggest enemy? Why did he create an enemy for himself? So many ways to knock that house of cards over. Dot, dot, dot. Response. God didn't make an enemy for himself. Satan was an angle who wanted to be like God. That's a sin. So God banished him from the heavens. The reason it's so hard for Satan to be defeated is people do not control their own sin, which we can be. Proof is in Genesis with Cain and Abel, spelt as in like... Capable, able, not A-B-E-L. Cain could have controlled his sin, but have into it and killed his brother. God already gave his one and only son for us. Would you do that? You wouldn't. And if if I'm correct, you probably don't control your sin. I mean, look at your language. So this is a Rob Schneider film. Yeah, well, you know, like, it brings a lot of theological discussion to the table. Next comment. Rob Schneider is the bringing of a religious (laughs) discussion. Next comment. I think this is considering the fact that they have the word Lord in the username. Jesus is Lord and Saviour to if all. The devil is a leer. He is not a god. Okay. Okay. Next comment. I mean, he is known as the Prince of Darkness, but whatever. Next comment. For anyone that's (laughs) listening to us, I'm not, like... It's okay, nothing bad's happening, but the comment is... Rape! 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 <laughs> no, I don't think if you were saying that. Rape, rape, rape! 
Like snake, snake, snake. Snake, snake, snake. Snake, Metal Gear Solid 2 really sucks after you're not in it. Snake. Fuck you, Raiden. Everyone hates you, Raiden. You're the worst video game character ever introduced into a series. And then they tried to make you cool by making you a cybernetic ninja. That doesn't make up for the fact that you really suck, though. What have you done? Snake. Ryan hasn't played those games, though, so he doesn't know. I didn't mind Raiden. I like Raiden. <laughs> Raiden fucking sucks in the first Metal Gear Solid he's in, right? No, yeah, no. Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, he's the like, first he's one like, he's in. He's okay. No, he's, no, he's, he's no. Fine. You know he's, what happens? You know how Snake... Major detail from Big Stam, by the way. You know what happens? You know how Snake does, like, a, a, a kick... You know how, like, you can make him yeah, kick he people? Does, he, he does no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a roundhouse kick. No, 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 no. But Ryan's going to talk about the sound he makes. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's important, though. Snake does a sound like this. Like, he goes, ugh, like, really aggressive. And then, and then Ryan is literally, literally like a, ugh. <laughs> I'm like, and it's, fuck off. His voice isn't that high. In kicking sounds, it is. When he gets hit and he kind of does like that taking, uh, then yeah, it's kind of high. But other than that, when he punches me, when, but when he does like a kick, it's like a little pirouette. I'm like, oh fuck off, right? And he does then, a full on. My thing is, my thing is this, right? <laughs> this is no, 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 no. Speaking of big stand, no, no, no. Right? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is what I think about. Who's the maker of Hideo Kojima? Yeah. yeah. This is... He doesn't know how to write for a start. Yeah. Well, well the, the, no, the I know, game I, was made in response to a Napster lawsuit. Yeah, So, but he doesn't know how to write stories. There's no continuity in the games, really. Like, there is, but well, he you really have to stretch He doesn't one. plan them out No, like, exactly. Beforehand. And you can tell. And, then, yeah, and you can tell. But my thing is this. Raiden was a character that, let's be honest, you guys can say, oh, he was in it, but he was... That character was the Poochie of the Metal Gear Solid series where I was like yes. what's this and just like a real person would they're like oh we'll solve that problem because the one problem people got was why would you replace a cool character like Snake with this wimpy pathetic white haired crap character and this is what again, I again wimpy's not really Yeah, he but, was never wimpy but you know what I mean right <laughs> and you complained about this film no but, but, but no 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 but I get what you mean, yes. With the you're, whole, you're with the whole effeminate, right? Yes, and the and all that. Right, so then they do the thing that... Bishonen is actually a good word. This is what I don't respect. You, they don't stick to their guns of convictions of what they came up with that character because they got the backlash. So they're like, oh, we'll change him all together and make him this cool cybernetic ninja that rides like a motorcycle or does all this cool stuff because we got told that he wasn't cool, so we're going to make him cool now. And I'm like, I don't respect that as a move. That's I don't think that's really enough. What happened. <laughs> Hideo Kojima is a total other beast to a lot of people, Ryan. <laughs> Trust me, he is. Oh, uh, I know my Raiden, and I know that he sucked the You've first time. You've only played time. the first game that he appeared in. What was the other ones he appeared in? He appears yeah. in Metal Gear Solid 4, then he got his own game, yeah, and which then was Rising of Revengeance. Revengeance. Worst title ever made. Yeah. <laughs> well, Revengeance is a very silly word, yeah. Right, and then adding Rising to it. Well, Metal Gear Rising. Metal Gear Rising. Revengeance. Well, well, yeah, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Well, it is still better than the title, Metal Gear Survival. No. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, yeah, yeah. How, what else does YouTube have to say about Raiden? 
I'm not wrong about this. Raiden sucks. I don't care. You're the only one in the history of this show who complains about him. No, I'm Even not. Even your sister was fine with him. No, my sister agreed about the, the him in the second one. You were like, oh, what about the other ones? And my sister's like, ah, oh, he's okay in the other ones. But it's like, that's no, second she said She said she didn't second. like Revengeance, didn't she? No. I, don't know. I thought she said she was fine with... Listen to Winter's Tale to find out Ryan Slinsky's sister's opinion on Raiden. Will it be the same as Ryan's opinion? I remember she Who definitely knows? likes Four. Everyone, everyone likes yeah, Four. Four's a, a great one. So what else did YouTube have to say about Big Stan and his hatred of Raiden? Uh, this Fuck. next comment here is um, Big Stan's great, just like Raiden. Uh, the next comment is <laughs> the next comment. They should call him Big Raiden. <laughs> the next comment is, man, Raiden would have made this better. And then the comment after that, <laughs> seriously? No. no. The comment after that has. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yes. <laughs> I, was just I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. and I have conversed on this. We're acting right now. We both genuinely don't like Raiden. And um, he's well, that means you're not acting then. Well, no, 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 no. But like, I'm acting more so because late. Hold on, Bartek. We both are acting because he's saying that he genuinely doesn't like Raiden, and I'm acting like I don't know that there's gonna be. Some logic. Raiden quotes in his review. We actually organized this before the show so that you could specifically say, are they there? And be like, yes, they are. In fact, it's all an act. Raiden's not actually a character and he's just a fever dream. So... Uh... No, Ryan, that's Final Fantasy X. <laughs> anyway, the next comment for real is, um, they have a quote. Oh, good. Hey, what about the counterfeiters? And then the next quote... Big Ramen, you're the only counterfeiter here. LOL. <laughs> they call him Big Ramen. Uh, yes, we watched the film. We know the quotes. <laughs> Initial comment. All hail God, our saviour. Not saviour, saviour. Uh, and then uh, Lord <laughs> Satan responds to that with, All hail Lord and Master Satan. Because oh, he likes to, like... I've noticed this. He likes to egg people on about this whole yes. thing. <clears throat> Next comment. Sten is dumb, not the movie, but how he was to that little prison guy when what? he was eating and the way he hurt that bi guy's fingers and face. That's not funny, sad face. <laughs> YouTube's a great place. Yeah. Big Ramen or Big Raymond or Big Ray or whatever yeah. name we want to give him. Apparently he's bi, according to that comment. He could be. Yeah. Cool one, woman. Next comment. We don't know. He could be uh, a woman himself. Next comment and is big by titties. Next comment is Chris's <clears throat> funniest movie ever watched. Thanks, <laughs> fix for posting this on YouTube, man. The best movie ever, Lamau. Lamau. L M A O. I've got it on Netflix. Why would I go to YouTube to watch it? <laughs> because you were drawn to Master Satan, Lord Satan. You love Lord <laughs> Satan. <laughs> right. Second last comment, guys. Oh, brother. This oh. movie so funny. When you are ready for anything, you never afraid because you are ready before he is ear to fight. Now he just enjoy for everything this world same we need prepare. And then he ends up with a comma. Good, like there's gonna be more. <laughs> like space comma. And the last comment, I didn't get it from Lord Satan's upload of the oh, film. No. Because I was like, the, all these comments kind of have a pattern to it. I want to get a comment from the trailer to kind of solidify people's views who may not have necessarily seen the film. And I very quickly found the most appropriate comment from the HD trailer. 
Oh, brother. Because it was in HD, I guess. <clears throat> Don't trust the rating by the silly website on this one. This one is gold. 10 out of 10. Should watch. The only... This, now it's all in lowercase. That was all capped. Now it's all lowercase. The only reason you shouldn't watch is because you are... This is all caps. A homophob! But seriously, yeah, this film is ahead of its time. Very entertain, funny, and positive, colon. <laughs> While sending a good message, Don deny herself the pleasure a good movie. 8 out of 10 on my scale. He gave it 10 out of 10, 10 earlier, out of 10 but now it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't you get it? It's like in Big Stan. He says you can rape the rapists. And then... He changed his mind. Mm-hmm. At the end of the speech, this is what we call yeah. a genius. He was obje- It's objectively 10 out of 10, but subjectively 8 out of 10. Like, yeah, that's it. Good job, Stan and man. You guys have been great, fantastic, wonderful, amazing listening people. Chris, it's been a wonderful time to have you on as the Big Stan expert, as the Schneider expert, who couldn't even figure out what that copies comment means. I don't know. <laughs> and Bartek, you're unrapeable. Thanks. Even though we had episodes where you've been raped by Anthony LaPaglia in the past. It was quite rude. Ra- ru- rude rape. Rape is rude, and you should not abide by it, people. I did not consent... I was very annoyed. A uh, uh, trigger warning for rape, by the way. Uh, whoops. Too late. Yeah, it's a bit of, a bit of it in this episode. Trigger warning for intelligent discussions. I suppose. And Chris's three laughs. He only has three. I, will, I'm, I might have more. You, you never know. I <laughs> if just... we, do you have a tickle laugh? A tickle laugh? Oh. Yeah, like if I start tickling you. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. If I start tickling you, will you laugh? Uh, I have like a bit of a... <laughs> Got me a tickle up. Okay, that's. <laughs> that was like if I killed a hyena. <laughs> that was right. like if I that's murdered. Also my, that's also if my, I murdered a hyena on the show. That's also my just over the top laughing as well. So oh. that is what we call an emotional episode. So, um, you guys, Chris, yes. you should abide by this too. You're new. This is your first time guest, and you've already booked yourself on for the man. <laughs> he gave us permission to do that. He gave us, he gave us permission for us to attend that podcast. <laughs> you guys have been fantastic. You can find Spit and Polish on everything. We're on YouTube, on Facebook, we're on iTunes. I mean, that's it, really. Uh, Podbean, of course, and a weird Spanish streaming site. <laughs> I don't know why, but we are. And... You can support us. We will make a poll for you to vote on who's the big stan of yeah. the group out of Chris and Bartek. That'll be on the Facebook page, Spit and Polish Presents. Hey, while you're there, we have a post there that you can suggest movies to us. Because we don't know every unappreciated masterpiece. There's a reason they're unappreciated, because not everyone knows them, including us. We may not have done Big Stan if Chris literally did not shut up about it. And that's why every time he rings me, He's uh, under the name Shut Up in my phone. And sometimes when I have to text Chris, I type in Chris into my phone and nothing appears. And I'm like, oh, that's right, because he's called Shut Up. And I'm like, maybe that's a bit cruel that I call him that. And then when I see him in person, he refuses to shut up about Big Stan. And then I'm like, I'm justified. 
But but now you're familiar with the film. I'm yes, familiar with it, and I never want to talk about it after this that show again. That was on only one occasion as well. No, <laughs> it was an occasion that lasted what would feel like five separate occasions <laughs> combined into one. So, you guys, remember to do all that and to be kind to each other. What's that? What? Huh? Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Oh! 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 Fucking hell shit! Jesus! Soz, Soz guys. Jesus! Soz! I forgive you! <laughs>